Did you did you do it to him? Did you do it to him? What did I miss? Did you did, did you do it to him? Oh yeah. Did you? You did. You had to go and do it to him. <laughs> that toilet bowl didn't know what was coming. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We're not going rolling from a cold open to you. So kinda gotta like get my intro energy going. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> be jumping Jackson shit. We're in it! We're in it! Ladies and gentlemen, it is the end of the year, and you know what that means. Welcome once again, one and all, to our annual end of the year. Game of the Year, Soxcast Spectacular, brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, you just, you, you just fucking love them. You just, you just, you do. It's, a, it's a, the end of the year, it's that special time of year where we all look back at the last 365 days that have come and gone, and we really take the time to appreciate what I think you could consider the, the sacrifices that the three of us make for the benefit of our listeners uh, at home, right? I mean, we are the, we're the tastemakers. Oh. We go through all yeah. we go through all this work to get the, the finest possible games to deliver to y'all. Like, what value can you ascribe to that? What value can you ascribe to, like, the hours the three of us mm-hmm. have 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 selflessly poured into consuming media content in order to yeah. be able to gather here every couple of weeks to sew and. Well, I mean, okay, I don't want to sound too precious, but I think I like to think of what we do as like enlightening the swine. Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think the value of it is exactly as many people as I saved from playing Sweet Code in two times thirty hours. <laughs> like it's just it's just a time thing. It's a fucking public service, hey, John. If only somebody had tried to save you, like you save others now. <laughs> The community, listen, the community as a whole, our, my entire fucking website failed at protecting our douchebag baby boy. <laughs> you really did. So the service that we have to provide in putting that out there and putting that correct opinion out there that's recoding too is fucking terrible. This is going to be real weird when it's on his list anyways. <laughs> I like to think what we do is pretty goddamn important. And it's that time of year where we finally get to look back and really just admire our greatness, to drink it all in. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to make it sound like we're full of ourselves or anything, but the fact that we're letting our listeners come along for this ride. I mean, are we doing anything short of God's work? I think we're too humble, honestly. We probably are. I don't think we appreciate how... How I don't think we appreciate how gifted and just um, sophisticated we are in our game's taste and just how we yeah. – yeah. 
and Polly and music. Like exactly. you've got you you're, you've got twice as much going on there. You've so the, much. Going that's on. a whole other podcast to get into, John. That's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be yeah yeah. That one's tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> but that one's on. The but news. just you know, just drawing attention. Like we're all we're all just fantastic, incredible, brilliant, and we're gonna and we are deigning to share um, mm-hmm. our brilliant thoughts with you all. And thankfully, um, we all keep. It's a good thing that we all keep extremely detailed Excel spreadsheets along games we play. Um, so we can make these lists at the end of the year. Like that definitely helps out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what this is gonna be. It's gonna be, hey, like this is day one of the of the Sox cast game of the year spectacular. And today we're gonna be going over entries number ten to six from us. And we'll of course be interspersing our listener. Uh, lists throughout we got a couple of audio wins but we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be reading through too so we might as well go ahead and start getting this thing going to my immediate virtual right he doesn't need your sympathy man he needs his johnson it's red <laughs> that's right <laughs> needs his johnson he needs his johnson how you doing right uh, i've got a bit of a cough just want to mention that up front it'll be fine it'll episode. be fine right you i've been you're... fucking wheezing at work all week though it's killing me yeah yeah you like undone yeah. the sweater song that's really good uh in the garage um just right surf wax america like just like a lot of good they, they have a lot of good songs i've been listening to a lot of weezer this week too so. oh oh weezer. okay I that's a that. joke i was there you go it's a joke to my media virtual left he's got buddies that died face down in the muck so that we can enjoy this game of the year podcast it's john thire hi How's it going? I'm doing well. You doing well? I'm worried that I I'm worried that I excised good games on my list. Uh oh! Oh no! Hello. You have it. Oh, oh no! The last minute no. jitters. Like we, we're no. finally in it now. No, I, I'm I'm committed. Yeah, I've got my list. It's good. We can. Oh, I put man. a little spot in for honorable mentions at the end, like y'all asked for. All right. All right. There you go. So at least I'll yeah, get a mention. But but like yeah, like I had that happen like on a, on an album of the year podcast once where we took a break in the middle. And I literally oh. changed my album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like in between episodes and I was just like, I was looking and I was looking. I was like, fuck, I got to change this. Boop. <laughs> so that's literally your, like, you can still change it, but you are running out of time to make those last minute tweaks. <laughs> so um, without further delay, we oh god there's so many games and lists to talk about we gotta get started we gotta get started and i do believe john thire has got this year's first number 10 game of 2019 let's hear it how can i say it it's locked in stone it's It's locked in stone now you can't there is no there's no post-processing on this podcast there's there's not any editing at all in these damn things oh boy okay enter the heart of stone my number ten is You're a Wizard. This is a little itch this is a nice little itch game by Heather Flowers. Mm-hmm. I've been following her work for like a couple years now. Um and like the first couple ones I played in like 2016, 2017, I didn't like <laughs> at, at all. And then like the next year I played a couple where it was like at the start of the year I was like, Oh, this is I kinda like this actually. And then by the end of the year I was like, Oh, I really like this one. Oh, this one's nice. And then now I'm now it's this year, and I'm like, oh, I played one I want to put on my game of the year list. Um, This is this is just like a nice half hour um, itch game that it's just about exploring um, a dream as you look for your boyfriend Sherlock Holmes, and (laughs) it's just got this pretty good. 
and it's got this very tasty dreamy texture where the scrolling is very weird and the text boxes um appear that just everything is a little bit off in a way that is different from the the language you're used to with exploring games and i really liked the writing and it was just genuinely really funny to me and i liked i really liked that texture and then it comes around at the end and has like sort of a sweet moment as you're leaving the dream like it, it like oh so it kind of gave me everything I would want out of like a half hour, uh, just a nice half hour thing like that, where it's just a good little story, genuinely funny, good texture, and then a little moment of like real feelings. And a very consistent vision from start to finish, because I played this. So I, mm-hmm. like, I, I know it's, you know, like not necessarily my thing, but I admire the <laughs> fact that it's very uh, tuned in to the vision and, and the tone that it's going for, like, it's very uncompromising, mm-hmm. and I like that. Yeah. Um, Meat Punks is the same, where it's just, this is the Dead Behind Meat Punks, um, where it's just com- very uncompromising. It's a cool VN action game about killing Nazis, um, but it didn't, it wasn't like all, it, it felt like the beginning. It didn't feel like a full journey to me. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of spots where I was just, where it did not come together quite the way I wanted it to. Um, I'm really excited for season two because the um, dev of Luca, right? Um, Colin is coming in to do all the combat, and it looks really good. Dude, that's so. that's that's a big fucking deal. I think mm-hmm. when you when you look at the first Meat Punks game in particular, and you think it's like okay, the combat, it's I'm not gonna it looks, say it's there. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's there. But now we're there's going a couple combat. There's a couple ideas where you have status yeah. effects that persist between. Um, between episodes even mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see how that kind of plays out in the next me punks. The, the jankiness of it is a big part of the appeal. Understandable. For me, but but yeah. then I think it's going to come together in a very cool way when the next one comes out. So literally this is my dev of started out really not liking her stuff and then just kept liking it more and more until now I'm like, Oh, this is a dev I'm paying constant attention to. This is great. So that's and my I, number 10. So you are a wizard. Pretty cool. Yeah, probably. Pretty cool. And, and I think that it's cool that you, like, like, I think a lot of people give up on a developer if, if they mm-hmm. don't like one or two things. Uh, I know I'm that kind of person. Because <laughs> I say, there are just some voices and some, like, ways of, of, of presenting your game and writing that's just like, oh, man, that bounces off me so hard right now. <laughs> I'm so not here for it. But I admire the fact that... That, like, again, it's a consistent vision, and I feel that that's something that kind of carries through all of their games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that a friend told me that my, my game playing style is that I just keep go, going and going and going with games, even if I don't like them up front, until yeah. I'm then I'm at the end and I'm looking around at the dirt walls of the grave <laughs> I have dug. It's <laughs> going, fuck. <laughs> In this case, I didn't go fuck. I saw that tweet, actually. <laughs> that tweet was just... pretty, pr- pretty fucking spot on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rhett, what is your number okay? Ten? So we've always got you know honorable mentions and stuff. You know the the number elevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have squeezed things a bit later on to fit <laughs> this one in. <laughs> uh, my number ten is Subnautica mm. because okay. I thought it was interesting to include it and just mention it one more time. This is that underwater survival exploration game. Yeah, you had I just... a lot of fun with this. Like, listening and to I you just, talk about this was yeah. really good. It was just, like, when I was looking at the list of games I'd played, I just kind of kept looking at this one going, uh, it should probably be on there, right? Like, it kept kind of hanging around 11, and I'm like, eh, 
I really had a good time with this one. Like, it was something kind of outside my normal comfort zone, but mm-hmm. then I gave it a shot, and I, you know, I played on the easier difficulty where you don't starve or have to worry about hunger or thirst and stuff because that was so, felt like it was going to be real annoying. But so I just focused on like the exploration and survival parts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the mo. There are certain moments in this game because it treats the sim stuff so seriously. Like one year, like forty hours in literally everything you own is in the submarine and you're being attacked <laughs> by a giant monster and just panicking like you can swim outside the submarine and like manually fix things it's just like this game is intense in a way i kind of didn't expect and like it's a real cool hand it's a handcrafted world i've mentioned that before how like mm-hmm. it's not just you know kind of generic pro- procedural generation stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. Which is huge. and it also and it also gave that fucking hilarious battery story where I didn't the, realize the ba- how like I was about worked. to say that was that's probably my socks cast moment of the year <laughs> of hearing you tell that like that is why I'm very happy that this game is on your list. I forgot about that where you're the, trying to charge the battery with batteries. It's one of those games where it sounds like your own personal stories are yeah, really what make it. Like you can definitely go through this game kind of several different ways just based on kind of which direction you chart chart off in from the very because you kind of start in the center of the map obviously mm-hmm. most logical place but yeah just the or the way you go through and how there's several different ways kind of towards the bottom of the world and how that all plays out is very good mm. and just like even though it's not like it's not really a narrative game yeah it's more your personal story like when you do the thing at the end it's pretty damn satisfying yeah that's nice that counts for a lot i think with these kinds of games yeah, yeah and just sheer moments of terror or just like this is the game that gave me like the tetris effect because i played it for like an entire weekend straight and like (laughs) because you get such a feeling of either i'm in water and have to worry about drowning or i'm in my base now and i'm safe and my my room started to feel like a base where i was like if i step outside here i'll drown (laughs) like i felt like i was underwater it was super fucking surreal (laughs) man i'm so happy this game made your list this I game's am. cool. I'm so there's, happy. I, there's like a sequel, and I'm like, oh, maybe I probably should check that out sometime. Because mm. part of me is like, maybe it only works once, you know? Mm-hmm. But if they add enough cool stuff into the sequel, that it's like an Arctic expansion or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll check that out someday in the future. The place further, Subnautica, the place further than the universe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm yeah. watching that this week. Nice. Oh, cool. I don't. I have no idea what that game is, but I'm thinking, oh, what if you can't surface because there's ice above you? Now oh, you're just really fucked. That's that, that, that creates a new level. Oh man, that creates a whole cool new level of isolation, though. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it is, but it's a direction you could see them going in pretty easily. Yeah. So, Polly, yo, you got a number ten for us? You know, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Y'all like y'all like uh, Toho. I love Toho. Who lo- like, I, I am sure that it. Toho is very socks cast approved. I think I, in general, yeah. It just, Especially it, the last decades worth of them. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. There was a uh, Great Fairy Wars. That's the one. Great Fairy Wars came out. <laughs> was uh, was uh, was was double spoiler in 2010 or was that earlier? Nope, that was that was earlier. I oh, looked up, yeah. I looked it all up. Don't worry. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, really, it was a decade of Toho fan games. Yeah, yes. because. And you know what? Absolutely topical, since my number 10 is a Toho fan game. It is Toho Luna Nights. Nice. This, 
game where you play as Sakuya and you get to do a lot of time fuckery. It's like, this game is nothing but quality. Top to fucking bottom. It's, it, it's, yeah. it, the, the sprite work so is incredible. The game feel is 100% there. Like, nice. it just, yeah, exactly. Like, this game just feels super fucking <laughs> nice to play. Uh, I also like the compact size of the world where it, like, mm. no part of this world outstays its welcome. It gave me a very Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. Like, I feel that those mm-hmm. games' worlds are yeah. very much the same size, but for this game, it's about the time fuckery and, and how you can uh, slow down time, stop time, how that makes you interact with enemies, but most importantly, mm-hmm. it's the platforming challenges that get set up and how various different obstacles uh, have different uh, interactions with your time. Like some things don't stop when you stop time, so you've got to account for that. Or mm-hmm. things like beha- or like they go in reverse when you stop time. Um, but it's just a solid fucking one of those kinds mm-hmm. of games with really great game feel, a set of moves that just feels fantastic, like chucking chainsaws at motherfuckers <laughs> and having the them chainsaw just... chainsaw is overpowered. And it just bites into an enemy and it feels real good and it's just damage numbers flying <laughs> everywhere. Look, this isn't the most challenging game in the world except maybe a few of the boss fights, which, you know what, look, all the boss, oh. all the boss fights in this game are incredible. Especially, mm-hmm. like, the, the more you get to the end and then, like, there's the yeah. special chapter that was recently released... Uh, the, the special kind of, chapter boss can kind of fuck off. Oh god, but, it's yeah, it's a but pain just going in the ass. back to it, going back to that game as a whole to get there it was like, oh man, this feels really good to play, huh? Jeez. Yeah, like it, it, like everything feels good from just like even just the simple arc of her jump feels good, and just like the way she lands or the way she like turns mm. around, like there's a lot of consideration <laughs> in animation versus how that feels with your controller. Um, but but it's it, never it's never like a priority thing where the animation is taking a priority because you can still cancel animations with like a duck or you can throw knives or something. But it, it, it's those little things that feel good mm-hmm. um, that, that really make this game, I think. Just on top of everything else. Like it just, everything feels so considered um, that... It's one of those, the best kind of, like, those kinds of games. Like, we don't talk about that genre name much here. I just like to call them runny, jumpy. Side view dungeon yeah. crawlers. I just call them runny, jumpy, explorey games. <laughs> to me, this didn't really feel quite like one of those because it is so much more action-focused. It's, it's action-focused. I feel that, like, the stages yeah. themselves are really self-contained. Like, you don't backtrack a whole lot yeah. in this game. A lot uh, of them are really just like there's the path you go down first to get the power up, then you backtrack, and then you go down the correct path. It's very hunters. It. It's, it's very pretty hunters. simple. Yeah, it's it's very comparable comparable to Red's game Hunters, I think, in that regard. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I yeah. own this one. I'm excited to play. You, you absolutely, yeah. Like get on this. Like it's super good, just top to bottom. Like it just did. I had a great time. Like, and it's you know you're not gonna waste a lot of time on it. Like I said, the world's pretty short. Uh, your your power up arc is pretty fast, so yeah. It's weird. It has leveling that, that like basically does nothing. I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird how <laughs> Minoria. It's, it's weird how Minoria has a level up system too that basically means nothing, but somehow it still feels better in this game. Weirdly enough. Yeah. 
Poor it's Gnoria. funny though, when you mentioned like the turning around animation, I can just see it in my head. Yeah, it's never like, something I even really consciously thought about, but I can see those flowy frames of animation. Yeah, she like, doesn't yeah, just immediately she doesn't just immediately snap to the other direction. Mm-hmm. She's got like this like like it's she's elegant and they capture her elegance like as that char- yeah. like that character is known for uh, I think her elegance and I think that Being all of the best her, Toho. She is pretty damn high tier. She's not Yomu, yeah. but she's pretty damn high. Okay. <laughs> I do love how they just, they really let you go kind of wild with the time stop stuff, like right out of the gate. And it's yeah, just like, like, it's it not feels something... like it's going to be super easy. Yeah. But then they introduce it, stuff smartly to challenge you. And the story's mm-hmm. very cute. The story is very cute and stupid. It's, it's got a fun twist that it's just like, you see it coming, but it's still really funny when it happens. I love it. Yeah. Toho Luna Nights. Like, go check this out. And I'm going to give a shout out to Gash86, who picked this up for me uh, last holiday sale. Uh, so, yeah. Like, this ended up being just one that was just like, when it was fine. Like, because it was still in um, early access. Um, and it didn't get finished until, I think, May or June, somewhere around there. And then I played it. when, it, And I didn't play it until it was 100% finished. And, yeah. Like, it's so good. Can't. It was finished, and then they still did the extra stage. And then so. they still did the extra stage, which is, like, again, you know, the, maybe they didn't have to go back and do that. I don't know if it was, like, a Kickstarter award or something or not, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, whatever these guys do, I'm totally on board for, again, because there's just quality top to bottom. You should also go look up the Shin Megami Tensei-based uh, platformer that they were doing. It's sort oh, of... interesting. Sort of how this game spawned... Um, but, yeah, you know, kind of harder to get the Shin Megami Tensei license, I think, <laughs> than it is, you know. You, you Probably. Got, you, you can make a Toho fan game. Yeah, the Toho license is basically free or something. It's Do weird. it. Yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead. Yeah. So Toho Luna Nights, that's my number 10. It's great. You all should go check it out. Yo, bet we got some listener lists. John. Sure do, Paul. John, do you have our first listener list of 2019? I sure do. It's from regular listener, um, who's always just very, very nice to all of us. Don nineteen eighty nine. Don nineteen eighty nine. Soxcast's favorite listener. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, hello, dear members of the Soxcast and John. <laughs> As it has become a fine yearly tr- Soxcast tradition, we all celebrate the best gaming experiences we had this year. Also, a few weird ones John brings to the table for some reason. <laughs> It never These gets old mine. for me. It never gets old for me. <laughs> These are mine. Kingdom Hearts 3 for the PS4. Truly the proudest and dumbest game on my list. The exciting conclusion of the story of multiple games building up to a climax? No! We get a few disconnected Disney worlds that contribute li- little to nothing to the overall story and then move on to an overblown anime climax. Yeah! <laughs> but it is gen- it, that's Kingdom Hearts, but it's genuinely fun if you don't think about it. Just don't expect the Final Fantasy characters to be around. Not until the DLC coming out. Yeah. Oh, this uh, list is outdated. Jeez. I know. Resident Evil 2, PS4. Mm. This one is a really impressive reimagining of my favorite survival horror game. It looks amazing, the places feel alive and hostile, and the enemies, from the unpredictably moving zombies to the blind lickers that actively try to panic you so that they can locate your character, to the un- oh, excuse me, to the <laughs> unstoppable tyrant that will hunt you down by the sound of the bullets you shot at other enemies, are all incredibly memorable. My only issue was that my PS4 Slim was screaming in pain trying to play this game, <laughs> oh, being no. way too noisy, and sadly reducing the atmosphere that is depending on a lot on quiet music and subtle sounds. And number three, Luigi's Mansion for Switch. Yo. 
After a weaker second game, this one truly blows it out of the park. Both Luigi and the ghosts bring buckets and buckets of charm to this experience with their expressive nature. The bosses start at simple, but soon pick up the pace, and Luigi has the right amount of verbs so that it never gets too frustrating to figure out how to bring down certain bosses. The real show stealer is the ability to slam ghosts into each other, which never stops being fun, and becomes a real advantage once you have to deal with a larger number of enemies. Finally, I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and the best of luck, even to John. No, <laughs> especially to John. He wow. got through personal hardship and is still able to smile. That is worth praising. Thank you, Don. Wow, that was, I you was bet. not expecting that <laughs> face turn at the end. I know. I'm absolutely... Yep, there's no secret. We love Don the most. Of course. <laughs> That's why you got to go first. Exactly, yep. exactly. <laughs> I believe you have a so, list. Quick little note. Uh, that list actually wasn't numbered. Like three oh, to one or true. anything. Okay. Yeah, I want. I just, I, I'm just presenting these as they're written. Mm-hmm. So like, some people go three, two, one. Some people go one, two, three, and some people don't number them at all. Yeah. So but we read exactly what you send us most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm tr- trying to be <laughs> no edits this year except for one edit that we'll mention later on. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, double spoiler was 2010. I got that wrong. So that can oh. also, that is also. Got, oh shit! Double spoiler is in the decade. Hot damn! Hot damn! Except for consideration. I'm throwing my list out and rewriting it from scratch based on that info. <laughs> Continue. Okay, this second user list comes in from longtime friend of the site and such, Freezing Inferno. Hey, Ooh. I know that person. Beat Battletoads. Literally the only person that's ever done that. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Number three, Monster Hunter World. The best Monster Hunter of the three I've played so far and the only one I've seen the credits roll on. Something about the mix of growing stronger, taking on tough creatures and besting them, and getting to learn the game with good friends at my side really stuck with me. An enjoyable first step into the world of the PS4 for me. Number two, Stardew Valley. A game I played entirely in online co-op with one of my best friends for years, a day or two a week for basically the summer. This ended up being an incredibly relaxing and soothing experience I could look forward to every week. Just laying on the couch with the Switch and chatting online while me and my friend unwound with fun on the farm. It gets the silver medal for being just so charming and soothing. That sounds really nice, that, honestly. The fact yeah, that they added online co-op to that game is nuts. Online co-op. And, like, having a cute routine like that. I think yeah. So, like, like, experiencing a game in a fun way like that definitely adds something. Yeah. And number one, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Wow. High-speed high dodging action reminiscent of the Turbo Tunnel. Oh, look, we got a little power oh, hey, check it out. in there. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh, stunning, stunningly stylely visuals and a soundtrack that manages to be both absolutely killer, both in beats and in emotions put into the lyrics. What more is, th- is there to say about Sayonara Wild Hearts? Um, that, that's sh- the devs who made um, who made Year Walk and Device 6, which oh, is a right. connection I hadn't heard anyone oh, make before. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. I cannot imagine a game further away from this. I know. Exactly. <laughs> that's wild. Continue. It's short and sweet, but exciting and moving moving enough that it sticks in my month, mind months later. A well-earned game of the year. Nice. Cool. So, with that... I think it, John... Is, yeah, is I believe nine, John... Right? John, you gotta lock in another one. It's like slow... Petri- right. It's like that no, slow I... petrification in Final Fantasy IV where they gotta hit you three oh times God. with it. <laughs> You're gonna make him horny. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Um, don't worry, I'm I'm completely confident now. I don't have any doubts. I have no doubt in my heart. 
Uh, my number nine. Uh, my number nine is my most satisfying one CC challenge I had all year. Um, mm. and it's Luca the Descent. Mm. Mm. This is the this is the free expansion to Luca. You just talk to an NPC in one of the levels and then jump in, and it's just this twenty five floors of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where it's just extremely taxing enemy encounter after extremely taxing enemy encounter. It's like an hour long, <laughs> and if you and if you die to die more than like a couple times, um, your timer, your corruption timer, which is in the main game, goes up much faster in here. And if it hits zero, then that's the ball game. You have to start over from, over from scratch. Oh, jeez! Yep. Not a roguelike so, though. Not a roguelike. Not a roguelike. This is they are beautifully scripted. Um, very well-paced beat-em-up challenges. Nice. Uh, and it just escalates and escalates to the point of... It, it, it's apparently comparable with, like, the similar modes in Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. Um, I haven't played those, but, like, it, it's the point where it's like, okay, now you're fighting three major story bosses at once. <laughs> Ooh, boy. That, challenges that kind of like that. that can always go south. If, like, Because I see, like, I know that a lot of beat-em-ups, that's kind of like mm -hmm. a thing they do later in the game, like Streets of Rage or something, is you'll fight three of the stage one bosses in stage seven or some shit. Yep. This got me, actually, I was playing some more Street. I'm trying to get into Streets of Rage one more now and maybe get that, snag that one credit that clear. Game's I, that game's good. That game's all good. Because I'm getting more into fighting games, getting more into beat 'em ups. I'm just this. This kind of started me going down that. Luca in general just kind of got me hooked on beat 'em ups. I think, mm. or just the idea of like, okay, this is an intense game that is not platforming focused. It is fighting focused, and you need to learn that, learn the depth there. Nice. Um, and I beat it with a bunch of self-imposed challenges that made it just because I I picked the weapon I liked the most instead of the strongest one, and I didn't use the healing familiar that makes things easier and i didn't use another special thing that makes the corruption go down slower i was like nope i know exactly how hard i want this to be mm. and i just stuck with it nice and it, it took like eight or nine hours and pushed my luca time up almost doubled it yeah uh, i remember that yeah. i remember you being excited for this it actually got me to buy luca and unfortunately didn't turn oh, no. out cool didn't turn out so well but that's I fine that's a running theme, it seems. <laughs> I Yeah, again, this is a game that, like, I played it, I get it, not for me, mm -hmm. but if there were a different me, I would probably like it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I had a very good time with it. And, 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 the, and the like Subnautica. And like Subnautica, this is a game that I like hearing you talk about, because I like oh, hearing yeah. you be excited about Luca for some reason. This, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the, the, the meta story um, is really cute. Uh, it wasn't like as completely there for me as the story was, which is sort of how the play was, which is sort of my overall Luca arc mm. anyway, where I love the texture and the play. And then I'm like, okay, this is very, I love these moments. Nice. Um, so that's probably why it's at number nine, but I had a, I had a total blast with this and that's, that's a really good value for free expansion. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this was free. Yeah. Yep. I forgot about that part. Yep. Like, and when it launched, I believe the game went on sale for a week as well. Huh. Yep. It's a pretty good, pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, that is I kind of like how indies have to get promotion now is just keep making the game more. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out really great. So I, I was like all set to have a good time with this, but I didn't expect it to punch me in yeah. the face the way that it did. It right. gave me everything I ever wanted because I dug deep into the main game and this gave me everything I wanted out of it. 
This sounds yeah. like it distilled everything that, like, mechanically you liked about that game. Yeah. It's Luca Arcade Mode. Yeah, it gave you that, like, it, it just, like, they poured the entire box in your bowl. Yep. <laughs> right down to, like, having all the really good bosses yeah. in one, yeah. in one delicious one-credit-clear challenge. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, it's a hard, it's hard. Yeah. Um, there's ways, around, there's plenty of ways, there's typically select modes, like, it's a, Luca goes out of its way to be very accessible to folks that Aren't as aren't as hardcore. That is something that I <laughs> really elite gamer is me. It's something that I really admired about it, just from like the hour and a half that I put into it, is that there are a lot of like, like it's just a very friendly game that can be as friendly or have as much like like venom Teeth. for you yeah. as you as you want. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I had a really good time with it. Right. I enjoyed I enjoyed oh, your tweet ahead. threads on this. Yes, just like, <laughs> especially that final one where you were finally making it and just like into layer two or whatever, like second to last one. Yeah, like it was, it was a fun journey. It was seventy percent, eighty percent, ah, <laughs> and then just silence for like half an hour. <laughs> I had that happen listening to somebody go through the end of Nuclear Throne earlier. Oh God, and then. <laughs> then she forgot about the laser that the nuclear throne opens with whoops oh it was such an awful (laughs) way for it to end (laughs) i got to the end of it like four times at the end of this hour-long thing in the last floor is it's it's a delicious thing oh and just so you know you can make the timer go up much fast you can go into a super powered state that also makes the timer go up much faster Mm. Dragon it Quarter really seemed, yeah, I was so. going to say Dragon Quarter, even though I haven't played that. Oh, it's, oh, it's it's extremely oh that game is hella similar. Dragon Quarter inspired. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> it's it's gay Dragon Quarter. It's yes, great. it's gay <laughs> Dragon Quarter with, with some Dark Souls. <clears throat> Rat. I was just kind of thinking how funny it would be if Luca wasn't your game of the year last year, but it was this year. <laughs> <laughs> just because of how much this expansion kind of tickled your fancy. Yeah. Mm. Anyways... I have a number nine as well. Let's go. When I look back at this year, I think of games where you play as a detective (laughs) and there's a murder Mm -hmm. and somebody, there's there's a serial killer taking out people's eyes Mm. and you you go, you know, do your detective stuff. You maybe go on a date with an underage girl at one point. And my number nine game is judgment. That's exactly what I was thinking it would be. <laughs> so funny story, like there might be yeah. another game that has a theme like that and the dude the dude that English uh, voice acts the main character for both games. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Typecast. It's real funny. <laughs> it's real good. So this is a yeah, this is a Yakuza spinoff. We've talked about it before, obviously. This is a Yakuza really spinoff like that I liked in theory before it in was theory. like, oh, it's it's oh, it's a Yakuza spinoff. It's just Shit. I thought they were going to di- distinguish itself more Not from at Yakuza, all. but they really don't. It's just a Yakuza game with less side quests. Yeah, but I still I still had a really good time with it. I still really like this franchise. I thought the story in this was like one of the better ones for sure because mm-hmm. it is they do focus more on the story in this one. Yeah. Compared to, like, I don't know, everyone hyped up too, way too much. I watched Revan play this, and it was really, really... Like, like I was, like, much like Yakuza 0, like, I was very mm-hmm. engrossed in the story, but I think this one might have edged that out just a bit. Oh, interesting. This one gets so crazy at the end. Oh, yeah, but that's my thing. Like, one, I love shit that yeah. just goes off the rails at the end. Yeah. 
where it's just like it starts as this quiet detective mystery and by the end you're like you're battling the final <laughs> boss on the skyscraper rooftop while like thunder and lightning is outside so it's like oh this is this oh is it's real metal goofy, gear huh? solid too now <laughs> yeah just like acquiring your crew of like people that like your buddies in this game like taking on like 50 <laughs> armed guards at once like sure why not it's so good yeah i could i continue to really like the yakuza series even though this isn't really one of them but apparently now with uh yakuza cool. 7 they're going oh, to turn based combat so i guess this one does distinguish itself now by being like the old yakuza games instead yeah it makes me wonder if that's like sort of like the brand thing now where there's just like judgment is going to kind of be where i that would be so weird if they kept the beat up in the detective game. Yeah, like, I, I feel like if you're going to make that move, you just make Judgment and make it, like, Yakuza light, but it's an RPG, and you keep Yakuza yeah. doing its thing because the fan base is there. Yeah, you you absolutely would not expect that split to go the way it did. It's Sega. We know that they're, they could be... they Sega is capable of making fucking weird moves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I but I also think Sega trusts this team because they've been fucking killing it for yeah. like, like you, a while now. You let this team do what they want, I think. Yeah. So, Polly, do you got a number nine? I got a number nine. So, like like your previous uh, entry, my number nine also has a detective in it. It is also a narrative focused video game. Um, y'all like visual novels? I do like. I visual like novels. visual novels. Uh, this visual novel comes to me courtesy of Rhett, who let me borrow it earlier in the year. This is 428 Shibuya Scramble. Oh, <laughs> I was curious if this was going to make your cut. Yeah, this this game is really good. Uh, this is like a, it's really a visual. Good. It's a visual novel that I've been curious about for years because I mean, this was like out on the Wii, I think. Yes, yeah. it was a Wii exclusive yep. in Japan. For it was like a Wii a exclusive in Japan for a decade. An anime came out that did come out over here. Uh, that is tied into 428. So, yeah, it, 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 it's weird. But this is, like, uh, another game based on weird time mechanics. It seems to be a common thread in my games right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's more tied to sort of a flow chart where you unravel... Uh, but Which is basically, like, an ongoing terrorist plot that's happening. It's being mm-hmm. told... And, and they're crossing paths between an entire cast of characters. But you do it in chunks of one hour at a time. And uh, there's just like a surprising amount of thought that you have to put into something like this. And they did it with how all of the paths intersect at various points. How all the characters end up interacting at one point. Or, or just kind of like running into each other's storylines somehow. Or how making a character meet a certain character at a certain time can trigger a bad ending. Uh, so maybe you have to go yeah. back and change decisions that you make to have that character be somewhere else so the bad ending doesn't happen. Uh, and that's sort of like the game uh, conceit of everything is that like you kind of have to make everything line up so that it makes sense that it can narratively... Uh, so that everybody can narratively get to the next hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like... Uh, even if the video game part of it gets to be a little overbearing yeah. by the end, <laughs> it it put a dent in the climax for me a little bit, just because it was like, there's so many things that need to be triggered properly for that final chapter to get It the... really goes overboard. It goes overboard. When I found out what was hitting you with uh, the character saluting, saluting or not. Literally just, did you salute or not? I was so fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> 
But see, like, that's a thing where I followed protocol in that you don't salute somebody not in uniform. And I thought, okay, I I thought, okay, this is Japan. It's traditionalist. Maybe they're riffing on that. And that's why I didn't salute him because he wasn't in uniform. Anyways. Anyway. Anyway. I'm just taking this game off our list now. Yeah. This game's going right in the trash. Get over here. Mighty number nine. You finally made it. Oh, my God. Uh, but even so, like the conclusion is still really satisfying. It goes big and dumb and yeah. stupid, and the, the kind of ways that I love. Um, uh, and, and it's got the follow-up stories that you unlock. That's one of the uh, main characters' sisters, and then uh, the Kanan part, which is uh, written by uh, Nasu, I believe. Type Moon. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the, it, which is also a really good character story for that character because she's kind of an enigma. Uh, throughout mm-hmm. most of the game and, and throughout even most of the yeah. anime that's based on her. She is an enigma. And you, you learn a lot about her in this chapter and I feel it's very vital to have oh that information. <laughs> oh yeah, because the anime like takes place after this or something, right? Yeah. 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 And for some reason, one of the characters looks entirely fucking different. <laughs> the whole nature behind that chapter is super weird because apparently it was Wasn't omitted... Really- it was omitted from the Wii version at the last minute, mm-hmm. but then the anime is ba- is a sequel to it. Yeah, and like rewatching the anime afterwards and realizing that that chapter I had not seen it, and then like even people in Japan hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. is wild because there are so many references to it. Yeah, there are so like, many things probably. that make more sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the climactic battle in the anime takes place on a train. Wow, that, like that's whole, very thematic! It. It's wild. It's so gl- good to finally get the complete story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it definitely, like, going back and rewatching that anime and catching all of those little things again, just from having the canon story, you know, proper now, definitely makes did that... You, it makes so you that, did rewatch yeah, that anime? Yeah, I did, yeah. It I makes like, everything feel yeah. much more whole. I love that there's a quick little reference to the game towards the end where Maria walks past the <laughs> costumes. Yes! Like, the stuff like that that you would never get if you hadn't played the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, but, I should point out, like, uh, this game is all live action, by the way. I, I didn't mention oh, yeah. that. But yeah, like, this it's game really is live like you action. You just kind of accept that eventually, and you don't even think about that. Yeah, it, it's all live action, and I watched the making of, and they filmed this entire thing like a movie. Like so, they were actually doing the acting. Huh. They were they weren't just like getting still shots or posing. Like they were going into these scenes and actually acting them out. Uh, and then what? They were, I had no idea about that. Yeah, we I, need like a ultra director's cut where they bring all that footage back. I would love to see them do something like that. Oh uh, my god, that that would be such an undertaking though, especially when it's all a decade old. Oh yeah, yeah, but but. Man, it, it, it's real good. Like, if you are into the craziness that Spike Chunsoft visual novels offer, like, 428 Shibuya Scramble is great. I know a lot of people didn't get it and didn't buy it because, oh, it's live action and I think that's weird and it's not anime. But, mm-hmm. like, this yeah. seriously delivers on the anime plot that you want. It's just with real people. That's it. And one of the, There's that one guy who really just is an anime character. Oh, my God! <laughs> Dude, like literally, he reminds me of Styles Rockman. Oh, <laughs> he really does. But an even bigger, boisterous version. Yes, he's louder, bigger, and more boisterous than Styles. Like, yeah, but it, he's a real good character. 
I can't remember his name off the top of my fucking head. That, it's it's a pretty complicated name. It's a very comp like even for a Japanese name, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. Like it's like just, five syllables. It's like five syllables. Yeah. He's really good. You will know that well, character when you see them though. Yeah. Because they literally steal every scene they're in. Uh but yeah, four twenty eight should be a scramble. It's real fucking good. Uh go play that as well. <laughs> as with every game. Really noted. Yeah. So now when will they when will they localize um, Machi? Exactly. Well, there is talk about that, so what? it might happen. God, that's wild. I, I, it's just was very on. It's been on my brain since forever because the uh, because the that old Famitsu top one hundred player poll where they put where Machi was like at number five or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that. All right, so we're gonna move on back to listener lists. We've got. We got a special one here from our SoxCast pal, Jet Jag, informed me that he sent us along something, a little something to help uh, boost the old holiday spirit uh, as well. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and play, uh, I guess, this file that he sent me uh, in uh, three, two, one, play. Ooh. Ooh, nice. I didn't know he was so talented. Uh, that was a, a very very good list. <laughs> I think a lot of really people nice will agree it was line. pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, amazing singing voice. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know you. <sighs> didn't know you were so talented. <laughs> well, you were gotcha. laughing way too much at your own joke. <laughs> What are you talking about, my own joke? He said it in, and it wasn't me. <laughs> okay, he sent in a uh, he sent in a text version of his list as well, in case oh, uh, okay. in case his interpretation of uh, a game of the year list was a little much. <laughs> I mean, I I got all that. I don't know about y'all. I mean, yeah, I tell, but I might as well go ahead and read uh, the text version. Oh, for those at home who may not speak the language. Uh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Alright, so this is from our boy Jet Jag. It says, howdy, it's your Quacker Jet. How's it going, my good friends and John? Wow! God damn it. Wow, it's happening more <laughs> It's and fine, more it's fine. I'm the, somebody, someone finally pointed out to me, I'm the heel because I'm always right. And that just naturally put makes me the heel in of the podcast. And I'm All okay right. with that. I'll embody right. that. It's fine. Fine. Uh, it's hard to believe we're already doing another one of these and that it's been two years since I started listening to your antics. So without further ado, here's my ultimate game of the year list for 2019. 
Quack honorable mention to Crash Team Nitro Refu Crash Team Racing Nitro Refueled. Almost made the list, but Activision greedily, greedily adding microtransactions to justify the drip feed of currency kept it from making the cut. Yeah, they were real shitbags on that. They almost yeah. had it. They almost had it. Because those the, that Spyro and Crash games were real good. And then, oh, time to fuck it up. Time to be Activision. So number three. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. While the game definitely had a rocky launch, the classic Capcom vs. style gameplay kept me coming back. Along with a consistent stream of support and content updates, this has become not only one of the best games in the franchise, but my favorite fighter of the year. Yeah, that game sounds like they did real good with it. It sounds just like very technically on point, just as a as a fighting game. Yeah, like, it really does. And they does. bring a bunch of like experts onto it. Mm-hmm. I think they did. I think they did. I don't, I don't know. I don't Dago, know much. But that might just be the only fighting game person I know. Might be. Oh, yeah. I think everybody just knows Daigo. He's in the public consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two. Somebody. Number two. Halo Reach. This year, I finally got a 360, and the first thing I did was marathon all the Halo games. Well, they're all a good time, except for Reach stood out with easily the best campaign in the series and multiplayer. That was well worth three months of Xbox Live. Yeah, I think like Reach and ODST are the two that I hear a lot of praise for, and it's just because they're so not like the other games. <laughs> oh really? What yeah. is ODST, honestly? ODST is like a weird like I've I have it, but I have not. Halo Gaiden. Yeah, basically. For some reason, I've always thought it was like a top-down strategy game, but I no, guess that's that's, else. that's Halo Wars. Uh, yeah, uh, Halo Reach is like I mean, Reach, it has a Reach weird... is on Steam right now for ten bucks. Yeah, so I'm probably gonna pick it up at some point. Yeah, ODST... Halo Legends is the um is the anthology. Anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ODST, I know it's got like old-timey radio and stuff. It's a weird. Oh game. Geez. It's a weird game. And number one, I don't think that's the first time we're gonna be hearing this one. Final Fantasy XIV: oh, really? Shadowbringers. Easily the best expansion the game has ever seen. Awesome dungeons, music, story, and characters in a game already full of them. Easily my top game of the year, and I can't wait for 5.2. Yeah, that I, I don't think that's the first time we're going to be hearing about Shadowbringers. Absolutely wild. Just consistently hearing all year about this really cool game I, I kind of want to play that is hit locked behind 750 hours of other content <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh no! You can like literally pay to skip... One, like I a think realm the, reborn, yeah, yeah. which is wild. That's not, that's not my thing. No, though. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> All right. Yep. So that is Jet's list. Uh huh. Who's got another list? Oh boy. Oh boy. Rhett's uh, got a list. Got you, know, list. you know how nice and um, compact Jet's list was? That was really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both Jet and Fred like really oh. kept it. Really just kept it. Like, <laughs> Hollow point bullet of a of a list. I'm there. sure everybody Somebody else has that. nailed that, right, Rhett? <laughs> All right, Rat, go ahead. Okay, listen. Polly has two rules. She tells people to keep them nice and concise, and she tells me not to edit them afterwards. So <laughs> I did that. Someone's got one. Break. You made one edit last year that was very controversial. That's all I, know, I said. I'm sorry. That's all I, I said. What the edit was. I don't even know how I would edit this one though, because it. Listen, we're about to go on a journey. Let's <laughs> okay. Get going. Let's just get going. Yeah. I'm gonna. My voice is going to be dead by the end of this. This one comes in from Nate. <laughs> Hi, all. Hope everything is going well. You all are doing an amazing job on the podcast. Love listening to it. Wish I could make more of the live shows, but I'll try to make next year. Anyways, here's my votes for best games I played this year. 
but I kind of realized I didn't play a lot of good ones. They were mostly crap games like Celeste Pizza. Never eat those. They taste like your parents' disappointment. Lethal League Blaze. Depression is hard. So are feelings of being rejected and alone, leaving you lying in your bed, looking at the ceiling for days on end, and wondering what kind of cruel god would allow this to happen. <laughs> Luckily, Lethal League Blaze takes everything that was fantastic about the original game and improves on it with the style that calls upon Jet Set Radio and Smash Brothers. It's fun, frantic action that will make your husband walk out on you in the middle of your wedding, and now you're alone and single. Hey guys, slightly used butthole here. I have a shiny Mewtwo in Pokemon Go, if you're interested, and New Mexico is a share-like state, so you'll get to keep it after the minimum amount of time passes, only six months. 10 out of 10 G4TV's Legend Award presented by Jeep Game of the or the Decade. <laughs> okay. okay! Lethal League is Next pretty game. good. Yeah. Next game on the list. Pokemon Sword and or Shield. <laughs> Every night you find yourself lying down to a nice warm bath with a Smirnoff Ice Margarita as you stare at the ceiling and accept that this is now your life. This is what you've become. <laughs> and no matter how many pies you make, you'll never expect escape the impending sadness of mediocrity. Um, mediocrity. That's Meteor- exactly how you say that, right? Good job. You nailed it. Uh, okay. <laughs> First try. Shut up. <laughs> <I realize. laughs> and you will never escape the impending sadness of mediocrity. <laughs> so, there you go. That's how you got it, Red. Good job. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> No, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to watch. No, Pokemon Sword and Shield is a, is a good game, but no matter, but becomes a great game after you beat it and you realize I achieved my goal. What now? As you aimlessly wander around across a barren world filled with wild Pokemon and and no new definitive goals or gods left, you realize that life is now pointless and that this is your fault for trying. But you continue on for trying to trying to find yourself, but no one can beat you. Or help you grow as a person. You cry and wish you had never been the best like no one had ever been. But instead, uh, thought this out more. But you're stuck here forever. You did it. You won. And now you have to live with those decisions. And cry yourself to sleep at night under the stars with no friends. No idea what to do with your life. And wishing that wild sneezels would come and murder you in the night. 10 out of 10 G4 TV's Pringles Gaming Guide of the Decade. I feel like I need to snap after that. Just like <laughs> we're we're in the lucid space now. Wait, that was the dark and... middle chapter. I think things are probably going to turn around Boy. now. Yeah. Okay. Final game: Steam World Quest. Mm. Pop quiz: You're under local anesthesia, getting a hemorrhoid removed, and you're bored. So, what game do you play? If you said Astral Chain, that is not the appropriate choice for this situation. You should have obviously <laughs> be playing Steam World Quest, an RPG that refined the bottom. Botan Kaios, <coughs> sorry, Botan Kaitos card battle system that everyone raves about, and then immediately forgot with the, ch- oh, the card system that everyone raves about, then immediately forgot with the charm of Poly Dungeon, despite being made in Sweden instead of Poly World Land. It boasts unique characters, wonderfully drawn worlds, a fun and rewarding story, and a quick, <coughs> and a quick easy pace. You can do in bite-sized chunks, which is good, because in doing it all in one sitting is going to be painful for two to four weeks while your butt recovers. Hey oh. <coughs> I like the I like the astral chain joke. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. 
<laughs> but I'm sorry, I keep coughing because my mouth my mouth is all dry now. It's okay. Uh, it's 10 out of 10 G4TP's All Sport Award field by Mountain Dew Game of the Decade. Happy Happy New Year birthday, Polly. <laughs> Be well, do good. Also, go kick ass, Nate. You got through that, Rhett, and, and nobody th- nobody nobody feels that you're wallowing in mirror democracy. <laughs> no, it's media rocker. Media boom. up. <laughs> okay, we hey, need Polly, to hey, we Polly, need to disagree past this. Hey Polly, what's your favorite pickled fruit pickled um vegetable? Oh, Mine no. is mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> John. Yeah? Number eight. So apparently I'm the big heel that only picks weird games. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. So here's another weird game. You got an identity. Oh, look. Hey, y'all. Maybe love is real. It can be, I think. Can't maybe. put a game on your list to slate. Maybe maybe love is real. Maybe Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows is my number eight. What? <laughs> the fucking heel turn. What the fuck? It just happened. I just... I just had a really good time with it, y'all. It was, I, I had, like, I, I could... This was... I t- like, my number five... My top five was pretty locked down all year. Mm-hmm. Well, not all year, but, like, for the yeah. last month, basically. Um, but then this one was just like, well... This I, I did well. in there. This is really nice. I welled up a little bit in the ending. It's a really fun series of platformer challenges. Like, the movement is... The movement's weird. Like, that's so yeah. important. Because mm-hmm. the movement isn't weird in Shovel Knight 1. It's like... It's doing the DuckTales thing. It's doing the Mega Man thing. Yeah. And this one, it's weird. And I really like that. Yeah. And the levels are fun. The levels are really customized around that weirdness. It feels really built around this cool verb set. And then it has a cute story that just hit me this time differently. Like, when, like you, was... can get, when you can chain together blasts and just send yourself flying two and three screens mm-hmm. at a time, it is incredible. It feels real good. Feels real good, Polly. And he's such a cute character. So you just cute. you just want to hug him forever. Mm-hmm. I actually went. I actually, you know, I had a good time because I went and was searching for like Shovel Knight Mona fan art. Oh afterwards. yeah, there's not a lot of it. And then I saw some Macrophilia Mona art, and Whoops. I was like, oh, weird. This, this <laughs> took a turn. Well, this took a weird turn. Um, but no, yeah, this is just. I don't have like a whole lot to say about it. It's just really good, and now I kind of want to play the Spectre Night one. It's mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Wow. Uh, maybe all maybe all were right this time. Maybe sometimes <laughs> the big popular Shovel Knight thing is okay. <laughs> maybe sometimes it's nice and it makes you well up and maybe cry a little bit because love is real. We've we've spent five years trying to get John to like Shovel Knight, and it finally happened. <laughs> yeah, wow. I put I put I it think on my. Me and John are roughly on the same page on the original game. It's like. <laughs> fine yeah like the, the original game is fine it is good at that yeah um but yeah like but i like plague yeah. is way better yeah plague is way better it's like what See? i always liked about it is how those levels were made for shovel knight and now you're trying to get through them as this weird controlling character mm-hmm. i thought that was extremely funny yeah because at first it's like like, he seems so unwieldy, and you have no idea what to do, so you seem less efficient. By the end of that game, you are just fucking flying through stuff like it's nothing. Yeah. Like, getting skilled with him feels so good. Like, he's mm-hmm. actually way more capable, I think. Yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah. I, I, I think my favorite gag is how he can never beat Shovel Knight. 
Yes, I was going to bring that up. That's like a very, very good joke, both in the his main level and in the um, in yeah. the fight. And he like he wins the fight, but Shovel Knight cheats and gets back up and beats him again. It's so good. John, did you yeah, press, whole- did, did you press the dance button in front of Mona? Um, I looked that up afterwards and it was very cute. It's very adorable. Yep. When y'all talked about that, I was like, oh, wait a second. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at that. This is really good. The whole way they wrote that thing to happen at the same time as the main game is also super clever. It's so cute. It's like the first time you realize you can't go into the town. The way they set that up the first time, literally, it literally blew my mind when it happened. I was like, oh, are you fucking for real? It's a new hub. Yep. Like, it's been a while. Like, you go to the town gate, and they kick you out, and then you go left, and there's just a new screen back there, and you're like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, the dude it's, lets you in, and you yeah. have to, like, bomb the place down. It's really good. It's so It's cute. that moment when you realize, like, how much they've had to redesign things mm-hmm. to accommodate this, like, and have it make sense with the story. And, like, the thing is, like, it could have been just a throwaway, like, like, they didn't have to go as all out as they did. Mm-hmm. No. And then in the next one, they just did new stages. Just like, okay, yeah. we're making a new game. Yeah, like, and, and King of Cards is its own new kind of shit, too. Like, that was the funniest thing, was how immediately after I really liked this one, it <laughs> seemed like everyone turned uh, turned immediately super sour on the card game in that one. And it was like, you? And there was like four people in the Discord like, I hate the card game. Let's get really making... And I'm like, No! I finally liked it. And I, <laughs> nobody likes Shovel Knight. No, Who I love it? Shovel Knight. I haven't played. I haven't played King of Cards yet. But from yeah. what I understand, you can actually obtain everything like that has to do with that character and his movement and shit without have without having to do the card game. It's just if you do the card game, you can probably get some things a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. I fu- think there's two issues there games. where it's Polly doesn't like card games yeah. in general. Yeah. And then there's other people giving it a fair shot and being like, oh, I don't like this card game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but maybe that's neither here nor there. I mean, that, those are the str- that's the, that's what I've seen on the streams that I have watched so far is that they go to play the card game and it's just like, this just isn't a fun card game. Yeah. It's fine. I'll turn but around Plague and find like a thing and nobody likes it. But Plague Knight! Plague, Plague Knight is good. our boy. We stand him forever. I was stand and, and again, it's the weirdo expansion that fewer people played, so I can feel I can still feel like cool and hipstery. And a lot like, of people is... don't like don't like Plague of Shadows because mm-hmm. they yeah. only like the first. The first they like the first and third one. They like the first and third one because the third one is ba- back to being a bit more uniform. But the but yeah, you know, again, it's got new level setups and its mechanics are slightly different. But it's a language that's more easily um, uh, uh, interpreted by yeah. uh, people who are dumb and only like <laughs> baby easy video games. Only like stupid Mega Man dumb yeah. games for idiots. Yeah, yeah. stupid, <laughs> stupid Mega Man dumb games for idiots. I kept seeing, I kept seeing Shovel Knight show up on Got Got D lists, and I was just like, come on, really, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends really? if they're doing Shovel Knight Treasure Trove or just the original. No, game I, yeah, exactly. Point. I mean, people would just say Shovel Knight, and then no, I like know how. it's okay. like that. That entire package, I think, deserves to be on. It's a good thing for your buck. Yeah, and Shovel Knight one is, it's fine. Shovel Knight one fine. is fine. It's good. <laughs> this fine. is such a weird conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it is truly the game of the decade, given how long they have been fucking. Yeah, like they've literally worked on it. Like when Shovel was that Knight Kickstarter? Like it, the, the Kickstarter was 2013, I think, and it came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Or was it, it was 2012, 2014? I think it was... 2014 was when it came out. Okay, yeah. so it was 2012 or 2011 from oh Kickstarter. 
I remember when the Kickstarter the... came out. It was just like, oh man, this, this yeah, this has been this has been a, a decade. Yeah. yeah, for the Wii U. And good on them, man. Good on them. <laughs> yeah, like, good on I'm, them. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they've made that game into what it is, and that you know, mm-hmm. like, I think it comes from an honest place. Oh, yeah. for sure. I, I have nothing but respect for it. even the parts that I don't like care yeah. about. Yeah, it's I have nothing but respect for them, and I like that people enjoy the games. Yeah, it, even when the first one or whatnot aren't really my jam. Cool. What's your number eight? So when I think about games I played this year, I think about detective stories. <laughs> there's there's a murderer and they're taking people's eyes out. Yeah. And you know you got to go investigate the serial killers. Right. You already eyes did out. this one. You already did. Are you not? Are you I, I reading the same one? I did. Are you reading the same don't entry? I think I did. This right. is my number eight. Right. I, but you just you number nine anyway, was. So. <laughs> what's your number eight, Rhett? This is a game where, you know, you do some detective stuff, go on a date with underage girls, and dive into people's brains, because it's, number eight is I, the Somnium Files. I know that game. Polly, <laughs> Polly may talk about this later. Might. Spoilers. Might. You might. Might. It's okay. Yeah, this, this game's really good. It's a visual novel by Urukoshi, who did, uh, Virtue's Last Reward, you know, 999. Zero the Zero Escape Series, games. there it is. I was, <laughs> my brain's a little frazzled right now, apparently. I can't pronounce words. It's okay. Like cat, like Urukoshi. Yeah, or like Urukoshi. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> right, it's okay. It's it's not a problem. <laughs> gonna kill both of you. <laughs> He's gonna martyr us. <laughs> I feel like we will talk about this game enough later that maybe I can just move on from here. Um. Well, just tell us no. what you like. Tell us what you liked. I yeah. mean, it's just, this game is more of a journey that I gave it credit for at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mentioned having some issues with it last time we talked about it, but because yeah. I thought the ending was maybe a little weaker than I expected because mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted big, huge craziness at the end. Yeah, it, yeah. It's much more low-key than I expected. A lot of visual novels. Yeah, sort of... I know. Like almost everything on my list goes kind of fucking crazy at the end. Like Judgment goes kind of fucking crazy at the end. <laughs> so this one has a more low key ending. But then when I was kind of thinking on the game afterwards and reflecting on it and like looking through all my screenshots, like the journey is very good. Oh yeah, like yeah. and there are yeah. just so like, many characters, good characters in that. There's story. so many good characters, so many good jokes and gags. Mizuki is precious. Oh my god, daughter she, of the she year. She will espouse your bros. She will espouse your. Expose your browser history. I really can't pronounce words tonight. So Rhett's getting getting exposed for being a bad talker. She will fucking beat up Yakuza with a metal pipe. She's so good. She's so good. We just need a spinoff about her. Honest to God. Absolutely. I'd be there day fucking one. Kickstarted. I'll give you 10,000 for it. Just like, maybe even like near... Said it a couple years later, she's a little bit older, and she just beats up Yakuza with the pipe. That's the game. <laughs> yeah, like, let her take on, like, let her take up being a detective, because maybe, like, Date influenced her, and she, like, wants yeah. to be that side of justice. But she's a bit more hard-boiled about it, like, whereas he <laughs> might want to talk shit out, she's the kind that'll pull out the pipe and bust somebody's knee and be like, okay, tell me what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be she's into that. The, she's the bad cop, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Mizuki, daughter of the year. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Pretty much everyone in this game is great, though. I mean, I can't go without mentioning Boss or Iba. Boss, yeah, Iba. Or uh, Iris. Iris is so good. 
everyone is very like, good. Like, there's, like, it, it, yeah, man, there's so much to talk about. God. Yeah. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will wink, wink, get back wink, to that. Wink, <laughs> Polly, what's Yo, your number eight? I got now? a number eight. So, uh, this year... Uh, Konami had less than zero interest in releasing a quality <laughs> Contra game. <laughs> After announcing Rogue Core at E3, uh, all hope for that game, it just continued on this downward slope all the way. And then, like, and then they released a demo and they proceeded to just shoot that game in the face execution style. <laughs> oh. So it's a Did good they... thing. It's a good thing that our pals at Joy Masher. Who we know from Oniken Ono Dallas, we're waiting in the wings with blazing chrome to keep folks like us happy, right? I mean, so, like this yeah. game. This game is like, look, there were so many people rooting for this game. It was shortly after um, after it came out. Uh, Danilo Diaz uh, did a stream of it on YouTube, uh, where he drunkenly admitted that Way Forward actually contacted him and. They offered to help in any way they could for free to make sure that this game came out good. That's like how everybody, like everybody is fiending for a good Contra game. Is when the developers of Contra Four are like, "Look, we'll offer you any help you need in getting this wild and getting this to happen." Um, and look, Blazing Chrome turned out really well. Like the weapon selection awesome. may be a little underwhelming. The level design, the level structure, mm. the boss designs, everything is spot on to have, like, it, it, it has a Contra feel to it, but I feel that, like, with all of Joy Masher's games, and especially if you follow Danilo on Twitter or Facebook, you see that, like, he is very good at taking the things that he loves and copying them, but then adding his own bit of just, like, how can I make this crazier? You know, like, you get the fucking polar bear from Onikin back. Like, you get that moment again where you, you have the polar bear and you throw grenades back at it. That boss happens again in this game on a, just an even bigger and stupider scale. And it's real good. Uh, Blazing Chrome is just fantastic. Like, it is that game, like, that I watch. Look, I was watching this game be developed for two years, so... Yeah. Mm. Like, I had... It's so nice when those turn out good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I had no doubt at all. Like, the, like the, this is a game that is in the hands of somebody who grew up with and understands that genre in the same way that I feel like if I wanted to, I could set out and make a game like that. Like, I feel that, like, that's exactly what Blazing Chrome is. It is a game that from somebody who understands this genre and, and what it needs to really fucking pop. And, like, what really pushed it home for me was that um, the Contra Anniversary Collection has this um, uh, uh, big uh, ebook that comes with it uh, that you unlock in-game where you can read about uh, th various things about the games. And the, uh, there's a, an extensive interview with one of the main designers of the series uh, who's uh, directed the, everything since Contra Hardcore. And listening to him talk about, like, the things that made a good Contra game back then, about how things were over the top, perfectly, like, like pacing and timing were always, you know, taken into account to... You, you know, make sure a game has an up and down time that just kind of feels good as you progress through it. Mm. It's like all of that stuff 
just like completely missed the mark with Rogue Corps, and it all ended up in Blazing Chrome somehow. And it just makes you know, it's just like, yeah, like you just can't trust Konami to do this anymore, can ya? I mean, Rogue Corps was not does not seem like it was ever trying to be that same kind of thing. No. It doesn't even seem that, like a Contra yeah. game. Like, it feels like they took a mobile game that was kind yeah, of a run-and-gun game and slapped the Contra name on it. Oof. Man, I told Just people, reading how, like, you have to grind levels in that to unlock yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, this is not, this is just not Contra. Yeah, like, wh- like wh- when I finished the demo, and it was just like, oh, this feels awful and terrible. There's like, they, they run a trailer afterward, and there was like this screen that was just hundreds of weapons to upgrade with points and currencies. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? That's why we have Blazing Chrome. Cool. That game's it real would, It would have been a shame if it sucked because like, we were hooked from those first teaser screenshots yeah. he just, posted. Just from like that, like two years ago, like when the yeah. game was almost nothing. But yeah, a few screenshots. Like literally, you've been looking at this game for two years, and just like those first images that became stage one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just like the fact that it came out and it ended up as good as it is just makes yeah. me happy that we have a game that good. Uh, I didn't get around to checking out Volferis, which is another uh, oh, yeah. like over the top run and gun side scroller that came out this year. Uh, I didn't get a chance from to Joy check Master? that out. No, it's no. not from Joy Master. It's from a. Okay. It's from a company oh, that. that one, yeah. It's from the company that did uh, Slain. Which is a uh, like like they're very rooted in this idea of very big, loud, heavy metal games. Yeah, it's literally like heavy metal contra. Yeah, it's heavy metal contra. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check that out, but yeah. Uh, but but blazing chrome definitely like I one hundred percent of this game, and I don't I don't really achievement whore for many games at all. But I just yeah. kept I I achievement whored this one and beating it on hardcore one CC was one of like the most fulfilling game things I did this year. So oh hell yeah yeah that so, rules. So yeah you you need some contra in your life. You need some good old run and gun action. Blazing Chrome has you covered. All right. So that said, cool. we'll go ahead and move on. Rex. Wait, move on. Wait, 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 wait. Move on from the number eights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we skipped over mine. We did. Yeah, I think we just jumped past me for some reason. It's fine. We can do mine now. Your number. Yeah, two years now. Your number eight was Shovel Knight. The what? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. What do you wait? You said my game of the my number eight was Shovel Knight. Uh huh. No. Play your shadows. No. No, I, I played Plague of Shadows last year and I didn't like it then. Why would I like it now? You're breaking our brains right now, John. No, my number eight is Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Obviously. Um, did y'all... I played... Y- y'all seem stuck on something. What's wrong? <laughs> hey, Polly. Yeah. You remember last year when you told me I don't commit to jokes? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Hey Polly, did you believe that I that I put Shovel Knight: Plague of Shadows as my number eight on my Game of the Year list this year? John, tell, I'm going please to tell f- me. I'm going to fire you if you were silly that. <laughs> Polly, tell I'm me. I'm going need- to remove you from this call. What? I really need to hear it. I really need to hear you say it, Polly. Did you believe me that it was my number eight on this Game of the Year? What? List? Hey Polly. Hey Red. <laughs> did you believe that I replayed Plague of Shadows? I'm. 
didn't. <laughs> I don't like Shovel Knight, y'all. I didn't like it in 2014, I didn't like it in 2018, and I don't like it now after not replaying it. I'm not gonna play the Spectre Knight one. I don't like Shovel Knight. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Literally, I literally I made this joke last year where I said my number two was Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows, and then Polly made fun of me because she said, John, you'd never commit to bits, so I never believe you. So then I decided, I decided then, a year ago, oh and I would God. commit. You spent a fucking week! <laughs> I should have done it earlier. I meant to do it, and then I just kept putting it off. But no, yeah. No, I never replayed Plague of Shadows. I don't like Shovel Knight. <laughs> We're both kind of just fucking dumbfounded here. It's a very dumb joke, but I really wanted to just go for it, so I hope that's okay. You, you've broken Polly, she literally Whoops. can't respond Whoops. right now. Whoops, he's gone! Where'd he go? Where'd Tom go? Oh no! What a terrible thing to have befallen our podcast! Where John Fire just disappeared! What? He went back to his home planet, and the ship blew up on the way back. Well, oopsie doodles. Hey, y'all. I think you accidentally dropped me. Oh, yeah. My, my, what happened? Sorry, sorry about that. Here. Look, look, all I wanted to hear is that, yes, I can commit to bits sometimes. <laughs> did I commit this time, Polly? Did, I, did you buy it? Get out of my fucking face! Just get out of my fucking face! <laughs> okay, so it sounds like it sounds like it worked out. We'll do this real quick. <coughs> I really liked Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories a lot. I don't give a fuck. I played. I played. <laughs> I the, just I played don't G give a fuck. <laughs> the fact that you're also swapping it with Kingdom Hearts is like the extra rub. <laughs> I'm on your Steam page, and it says your most recent played game is Shovel Knight. He literally opened Shovel Knight to... For eight hours. To, for yeah. eight hours to pretend that he fucking played it. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm you're so... lying. You're lying because you literally have the achievement for beating Plague of Shadows. Oh, I beat you can look up when he I beat can it. look when you got that achievement. Well, look it up. I'm looking right now. Uh... 2018. Huh. We're done. I'm, I'm not doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> I really hope that would be a funny joke. The only thing, the only thing that tipped me off a little bit when you were like, yeah, love is alive. Love is good. And I was like, hmm, he's putting this on a little thick. Wow. <laughs> Are you all okay? I hope that was a fun, I hope the, that was a fun, uh, the, uh, fun little prank. Polly's just the, fucking done. The, the, the people at home, they're going to love it. Don't think it's hilarious. <laughs> Y'all enjoy they that. Will. Enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. I'll be mad. It's fine. Oh, you hurt Polly. She likes. I'm sorry. Me. I'm really sorry. It's a lovely game. I just no. It was not. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear you talk about Shovel Knight ever again. Oh my god. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think I laid it on a little. I think I did it too much. <laughs> just quick I really liked Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories the boss fights are very hard and the story is very nice I had a good time with it <laughs> woo, um, woo. 
<laughs> I like the card battles. <laughs> it's just, uh, okay, we got our uh, Rhett. You got a user list. Uh, yeah, Rhett, go ahead. <laughs> this this was going to be a great transition because my list comes in from Beepner. Uh-huh. His number three is Blazing Chrome. Hey, it's a good game. Oh, that is a good game. So here, I was oh. sitting here with, like, this beautifully smooth transition from Polly talking about it to, like, this ten-minute detour where John fucking stabs us all in the back. <laughs> okay, let me compose myself. I have to cough, cough a couple okay. times. There you go. Get it all out. Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, Beepner's list. Number three, Blazing Chrome. I guess if you want a Contra-ass Contra game, you have to look for the games that don't have Contra in the t- on the title. Uh, the last one we got before Joy Master's 16-bit themed Retro Inferno was Hardcore Uprising. And since Rogue, Rogue Core seems to have landed with a resounding wet fart, we probably won't get another one. Other indies that go for this style of gameplay often fail to get the feel right. Controls have to be tight. None of this mouse aiming nonsense. Weapons punchy and satisfying. And when you die, you need to have a reaction of, oh, that was my fault. Let's learn how to do this part better. Blazing Chrome, for the most part, ticks these boxes. Cool. Number two. <laughs> We're just done here, huh? <laughs> I think you just sucked every bit of hype out of the I'm room. I'm so sorry. Good job. So good energy. You did oh, real man. good there. You literally... You literally murdered an episode of the podcast. Like, we always joke about it, but you literally actually took a knife out and stabbed this episode in the gut 15 times. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) Splatoon 2 plus the Octo Expansion. I'm cheating cheating a bit because I haven't finished Octo Expansion yet, but, but as it's essentially a challenge mode of single player maps... It feels like it should have been included in the base game anyways. The motion controls aren't for everyone, and I'm by no means good at it, but it's refreshing to play a multiplayer experience where the voice or text communications simply doesn't exist in this game, so we don't have to suffer any heated woomy moments. <laughs> the community that surrounds Splatoon is unreal, and it's kind of bittersweet The new folks can experience the heyday of Splatfest. And num- number one from Beepner's list, Persona 5, the game that killed my PS3. Aww. Luckily... Luckily, I got my hands on a replacement, so I didn't have to buy a PS4 for a single game. The quality of life gameplay improvements and fuck the man storyline make this the essential modern persona, and at least until Royal comes out, it's also the longest. My favorite part is the inane conversations your party members have when traversing mementos. I wonder if Yusuke ever got his grocery shopping done. (laughs) Yeah, Persona 5's cute. Yeah, I mean, right. that was one of your Game of the Years last year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, was, it was on my list. I think it was number five, actually. Yeah. So, Polly, you got a list from Listening Gardener? I got a list from a girl, Eleanor, a.k.a. Listening Gardener. Uh, Listening Garden, a.k.a. that girl that won't shut up. In her words, not mine. Frustratingly, yeah. live things have taken up so much of my time, so I've played about three games this year. Only two of them are on the list. Some games just aren't destined for greatness. Music maestro, if you please. Give me music. All right, good job, Rhett. Good job, good job. You were the only one. Listen, I'm, tr- I'm trying so yeah. hard to bring the energy yeah. that is yeah. lost. <laughs> yep. Resident Evil 2. Hey. In the midst of a biological terror attack, Mr. X, a good neighbor, tracks down Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy to tell them that they left their car lights on. 
He pushes through crashed helicopters, hallways filled with indescribable horror terrors, and the rabid mobs of the streets of Raccoon City, all to ensure that they won't need to scramble for jumper cables or take a very long walk to work the following morning. Mr. X is a quiet sort. Mr. X is a quiet sort, however, using his massive fists to beat the messages into those two when they can't find the words. It's a lovingly crafted modernization of the blockbuster video rental favorite, which doesn't sacrifice its heart and soul beneath its gorgeously rendered CG or settle for cheap thrills. Capcom hasn't forgotten their humble roots, and I'm looking forward to their redux of a direct-to-video sequel next year, even if it is a tad more schlocky. As a, another good solid vote for RE2. That game was pretty good. Uh, and hey, guess what? Like I said, I didn't think it'd be the last time we heard about it. So here it is. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Welp, Square finally did it. They've made the only good isekai since El Hazard The Magnificent World. Which, hey, that's good shit right there. Mm. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers leans into the strengths of the medium while acknowledging the constraints and contradictions of an MMO world in a refreshingly earnest and not overtly self-aware fashion. Taunted by an omnipresent villain whose motives remain cloaked in a shadow despite the abundance of light being shown, our characters are thrust into the most bizarre adventure this side of Hiroshiko Ikai's sketchbook. Wait, I know that. Not enough can be said about the incredible way <laughs> Natsuko Ishikawa has wrangled some of the game's long-standing questions and turned our understanding of the universe against us, all while writing potent, character-driven moments and that truly benefit from the previous several hundred hours spent with their struggles and developments. I just wish more people had room in their lives to pick it up and run from, from the day one to end game. Yeah, like that, like that, like that is a game that I'm so envious that I just can't enjoy. Yeah, uh, because it's just I can't do MMOs. Just man, mm. such a bummer. Okay, so and she closes with, "Well, it's been a rough year. I'm eager to live vicariously through the love an extended Sox family will give to their favorites during this episode. Though we are headed for more uncertain times ahead, let those fires burn brightly and let our dark days remain lit by the radiant glow of video games on our screens. Love you all, Eleanor. And we love you as well. We're, in fact, we're the only ones that love you. That's a that's a shout out. That's it because it's yeah, a callback. Cause I do that at the end of every episode of the podcast. Every single one. Every single one. I think there was one that I didn't do it on because I wasn't on no. that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. It does check out. It does. We have an audio list. We have another one. We got another one. We know this guy. It's our good pal, Carmichael McCallis. We know him. Hey. He's done some. He's done some really good art for our show before. He did artwork for two of our video games. So we like Carby a lot. Good, uh, valuable member of the community. We love him to bits. He had a bit of a rough year, so we're sending him lots of extra love this year. So, Carby, let us know what's your top three games of 2019 in three, two, one, play. Hello, SoxCast listeners. Carmichael McCallis here, and this is my top three game of the year list for 2019. Number three, Cat Maze, a fun action platformer based on, inspired by Slavic stories and myths. You play as Alestra, trying to find your way to the land of the dead to save your mother. Having little experience with Slavic tales, it was fun to play and see how different story beats turned out. Number two, Valhalla, cyberpunk bartender action. 
a visual novel with drink-mixing minigame in place of a dialogue wheel. The game takes place in a corporate-controlled metropolis where you serve drinks to help people forget about their lives, if only for a bit. The humor, artwork, and music are all a perfect blend for me, and the main subject of the latter half game touched on things that became relevant to me recently. A highly recommended game. Number one, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. <laughs> Look, I put about a thousand hours into it in about five months. I can't not put this at number one. To keep this somewhat short, the story was far beyond the previous expansions. The villain was actually interesting and sympathetic this time around. Beautiful visuals in the environments, combat improvements across the board, and a much-needed overall overhaul on crafting, and six-foot bunny girls. It's not without its faults, but if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably well aware of them. Honorable mention, Marissa Land Legacy. And so another year passes us by. Thank you to everyone in the SMPS and CSNES communities. Your love and support has meant a lot to me, and I truly appreciate everything you've done for me. Polly, John, Rhett, thank you for the socks casts and the streams all of you have done. They're always a treat to listen to, and I know I'm not the only one whose day is brightened by watching them. Happy holidays and Happy New Year, everyone. I'll try to get more artwork up in the coming months, and I'll try to get a couple of chapters of Powerless Hockery Tales written as well. Take care. Thank you. Another one for Shadowbringers. That one's not surprising. <laughs> Given that, like, yeah, I see him on that game all the time. I mean, that is our Twitter feed a lot of these but, days yeah, now. It's just like, everybody places Final yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> it literally, you, learn, you tune in. It's like, that's all it is. You turn on, I turn on my fucking feed. It might as well just rename it. Shadow feed Twitter, you know, it's, like, it's just my shadow feed now. That's all I got. <laughs> it could be bad anime, though. At least it's not that. Listen, so, when you're when you're one voice against an army, you've got to <laughs> sing real loud. Yeah. Okay, like John, do you have any other pod? Do you have any other podcast you wish We're to fucking We're only on number seven, and it's seven o'clock. <laughs> I'm number... so sorry, y'all. Give me a number seven. Okay, I have a number seven. Um, so this is. Um, a game I was looking forward to for a couple of years, like Polly was talking about. Um, this is Anodyne 2, Return to Dust. All right. Yeah. Um, this is from the crew that brought us Anodyne 1, obviously. Um, Even the Ocean. Ooh. And one of the folks that made All Our Asias. And both Even the Ocean and All Our Asias were on lists that I've made for on this podcast. Like, I think the last two years I've had analgesic games on my list. Yeah, I think so. So just kind of going for that, that, that three for there. Mm. Um... I didn't even really like the first game when it came out in like 2013. I think I talked with Red about it. Yeah. And then they've it's just it's like I talked about with Heather, where it's just getting better and better and better. I'm just having a really good time with these. So it Anodyne Two um, has a big 3D world that you explore and do stuff in, and then you shrink into people's minds and like I the Somnium files, and it's little 2D and it they, it turns into like little 2D, sort of like Zelda dungeon. They start out just like little Zelda dungeons. Mm-hmm. And then they get real weird as the game progresses. Yeah, like this, is um, like like as soon as like like when I finished I the Somnium Files, I know that mm-hmm. this game was on my radar afterward just because I know that there's like a similar connective fiber there. Yeah, you're you're go- jumping into people's brains and cleaning out the dust that's in their system and making them feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um the the story starts out like very straightforward it's doing like a oh you're in a little utopia thing and then it goes in places that you expect it exactly kind of where you expect it to go but then it does in ways that you don't expect which is kind of nice which is which is a cool way of handling it mm-hmm. uh, and the overall story was good um there's one sequence about three hours two or three hours in 
as just this extended like one hour um story game (laughs) this this whole game is just made up of other little smaller games that would go on my game of the year list basically Mm. (laughs) and there's just one of them that's just like you're stepping outside of the box you've been placed in stories um and it's very moving the way it progresses and it feels very real and honest with how it progresses through it and after that that's like two hours in, and then after that, everything just kind of gets buck wild. Like it stops being just kind of normal Zelda dungeons, mm-hmm. and all the two D, the two D parts become much more extensive, become much more like individual games that are really unique and cool. Um, it has a couple very cool like formal twists. Like in, it basically just instead of developing this language that they start the Zelda language they start out with, they just do a bunch of weird shit. They just jump <laughs> to something else entirely. Which, I mean, like, when you consider the inside of somebody's head, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and how weird that shit gets. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I think it totally makes sense that you can totally fuck with the language of what video game means when you're dealing with that kind of conceit. Yeah. And there's a half-hour episode in the middle that turns into a really scary horror game. Nice. (laughs) And that's uh, that I've told a couple people, like, oh, this is my game of the year. Is this half hour segment? Just this half hour too? segment. Yeah. <laughs> it just completely stands on its own as this incredible little story, sort of like Sacrament One does in Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think the only thing that's keeping it from being like in my top three and being an all time fave, and it's the exact same thing that happened with even the ocean, which was in my like five to sevens, and then it was just a hair's breadth from being like an all time favorite. And it's and it's just that they kinda of whiff the climax. Oh, oh, you hate to see it. Yeah. yeah. And it's happened a couple times now. It's like that they are not going for the big catharsis necessarily. Is this is this the one where you said that you felt that like they didn't double down when they should have on the climax and you felt that it yeah. would have been stronger? Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Where they where I wish that it had gone then I wish that they'd really just dragged my heart through knives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because both this and Anodyne, both this and even the ocean go real dark. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like even the ocean is about being a queer person of color and then still having to bear responsibility for being complicit in systemic violence and acts of environmental degradation. Mm. Like, it's about taking responsibility for you have you are for basically like becoming part of the machine yeah it's very grim yeah it, and that's then, real fucking dark and then the events of the climax completely work it's all 100 percent on point thematically and it doesn't pull any punches mm. it's just the presentation of it it doesn't punch me as much as i want it to and gotcha. that's sort of sort of similar with anodyne too where it's it's almost there it's almost there hmm um, and so I'm really excited for uh, I'm really excited for whatever they make next. I'm gonna keep playing them forever, because <laughs> because every single time I'm like, oh, I completely love this almost, almost. Um, <laughs> so that's why that's at number seven. But it is um, spoilers. It's my 2019 gotti on this list. I really liked it, yeah, yeah. and it's something I want to share with a lot of folks cool. uh, with that little asterisk. But e- each of those episodes are worth the price of admission on their own. They're amazing. Nice. Um, this is a very cool and special game and intensely thoughtful about queer politics, mm-hmm. queer identity politics, and about fitting into a world that's hostile towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it goes harder with that stuff than 
um, almost any game on this list. Like, it's just very cool and thoughtful about it. Nice. So, that's my number seven. <clears throat> Rhett, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is two games. Oh. They are sold to... Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they're sold together. They're sold together because my number... My number seven is Bayonetta 1 and 2. Hey! I agree with that. <laughs> Those are some pretty good games. Those are real good. Uh, it's it, my, journey, my journey with these was interesting, though, because so at the start of the year, I had a very dumb idea mm-hmm. where I was not going to choose the games I play anymore. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, this worked for a few months. This worked for a bit, but I think it served its purpose. But I was drawing names out of a, out of a box... And just playing whatever the box told me to play. And the very first one was Bayonetta 1. It's a hell of a start. It was a hell of a start. It's a very good start. Yeah. The problem with that method is that you're kind of rushing through everything and not stopping to smell the roses. That's a good point. I think. So, like, I played through Bayonetta 1 and it was immediately like, oh, that was very good. Anyways, what's next? Mm. And then, so I stopped doing that a few months later. Yeah. And eventually I came to, on my own, decide to play Bayonetta 2. Which I, like, purchased immediately after finishing the first game. <laughs> <clears throat> so Bayonetta 2, also extremely good. Uh, I had a statement on the podcast when I played it where I was like, hmm, this might be the most fun I've ever had playing a video game. That's like, just a, pretty high yeah. praise. That's pretty high praise. But, like, in that one specific, like, primal, like, hmm, pushing the buttons and getting the feedback feel very good. Push button, Bayonetta get bacon. Two make numbers get big make enemies explode Ben and <laughs> right. turn into a mech she turns into a mech <laughs> it's the best <laughs> level of all time in anything I can't stress that enough it's, it's so red it hurts yeah basically but like so playing through Bayonetta 2 though in a weird way reminded me how much I liked the first game mm. because the story in the first game is just way better yeah yeah so like I think that's why I, I kind of felt like I had to do the pair because they each excel at different things yeah. where the second game just feels so good to play. And the first game is, you know, the much it's a much better arced journey. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't go 11 the entire time like the second game does. Yeah, it, it's very and like it, not. it builds up to its insanity. But yeah. then at the end, because they've been building, it is able to go way crazier at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas two, it's very crazy. It goes very crazy. Two kind of stays at that intensity level the entire time. It becomes maybe a little exhausting. Yeah. And then inexplicably has a weak climax. But it's also... A big bummer. The, it's a big bummer. There, there's the Bayomeca level, so I can't yeah. not include it. <laughs> so those are some very good games. Yes. I'm excited for the third one. Not sure where the hell it went. I'm sure it's it's probably going to be like mid to late next year, but everyone thought it was going to show up at the game awards and like I, I guess best Best Buy like randomly put up a pre order during them mm-hmm. and then there was no announcement and everyone's like wait what yeah why did why did Bayonetta three show up on Best Buy's website during the game awards like just kind of weird stuff like that mm. how platinum it just seems super busy all the time now yeah. You know. At least they're not working with an... Activision anymore, so... Or... Yeah, those games you can't even get anymore. Yeah. <coughs> so that's my number seven, Polly. Nice. Uh, good that you, you, you went before me. You had the you, you made it a little more classy for me to be the one to tack multiple things. Uh, into... <laughs> don't worry. Into one! 
Yeah. You made you made it classy. Now I can now I can take that and just go completely overboard <laughs> and and make my number seven six game. What? Six oh. games and oh, two comics. Oh. <laughs> my number seven is the Lonely Wolf Tree series. I think this is one hundred percent fair to count this together. These are very short. Yeah. So, so back in July, you may remember that I sort of discovered that with regards to love stories and especially how Yuri love stories uh, tend to be kind of hyper idealized a lot of the time. Maybe the genre kind of just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But then I played the Lonely Wolf Treat series and realized it's mostly just down to how those types of stories are approached. Like you can have like that 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 good bit of uh, like like there's a lot that is idealized in Lonely Wolf Treat's world, but I think that there's still a lot of very real and complicated emotions going on between all of these characters and their relationships that. Um, it, it makes the idealized stuff actually still feel grounded. So yeah, like mm-hmm. there's like a lot of sappy lovey dovey stuff that could be a little over the top, but I think that it's got a lot of real character moments that, 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 that balance it out. That balance it out. Yeah. 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 So like, like the first three chapters, they're a good bit of setup that kind of, uh, each one introduces you to one of the three main characters. Uh, and those work really well at sort of tying you to the concept of what's going on in this world and kind of like the, the issues that it's going to start facing. Um, but I feel like when that series finally opens up is when you hit the Wandering Wolf Trick episode. And you start getting a better understanding of the entire world itself. And they really dig into Treat's past as well. And why she's the person she is. Why she has the complications she does. And why she sort of sees herself as an outsider. Um, And it's just like, there's just... And that's sort of like, from that point, it's where big emotions are go mode. Um, Because every chapter after that really... uh, starts to have like the relationships are becoming more meaningful um and and they're deepening and like it's people trying to figure out their way through a lot of complicated feelings that you know characters got issues and they don't necessarily you know they're not just blessed with the knowledge on how to fix them so they've kind of you've got to do the relationship thing and work through that shit together and I think that the series is really good with characters that are able to have these kinds of conversations, but it's still very light and fluffy somehow. Like, it can re- it can retain its overt cuteness and sweetness and softness, but still have very interesting topics about queerness and uh, things like xenophobia and racism. Uh, it can have poly, those... Yo, polydynamics. Sorry, and, and P-O-L-Y Yes, dynamics. yes, yes. And, <laughs> and, and what, like, being in a polyamorous relationship is like, and, like, what are the complications that can come with that, and things like that. Like, so that's real interesting, and I, and I really like how this series is covering that. But, um, and, and with the games that are out right now, like, they've reached, like, this intense climax of, like, things are getting real good um mm. and now but 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 now it's to the point where it's just like okay each one also has to be a bit longer too so they're taking a little longer to produce mm-hmm. so. it was three and three in 2016 um one in 2017 one in 2018 one in 2019 
Yeah, and 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 they get progressively good. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like they with each chapter so far, they've that they've just been exceptionally good. And I also want to give this series a big 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 bonus points for having tasteful smut. Yes. Uh, in the form of two comics that were released um that uh, I've seen all year. I think that um it's not just an excuse to draw characters having sex. They actually use these like these stories are actually used to help you better understand where these characters are coming from. And sex is just kind of like a a vehicle toward helping them confront other issues that are lurking or, or, and things like that. It's very conscious of its place in the canon. Like it's not just kind of thrown together. There's honesty and awkwardness to it Mm -hmm. that makes it feel incredibly sweet and real. And it's very vital to the experience, I, I think. Uh, so even just playing the games by themselves, I would really say, you know what, go ahead and drop the few extra books for the comics, too. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. they're worth it, and, and I think... They're even that, referenced in the main games. They're very, yeah, they're referenced. They're not like, it, it's not like, uh, like, 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 you get the idea that something happened, but the, the first comic expands on what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and the latest one is sort of like a continuation of where we're at in the story. So it feels like it's a good holdover until the next episode is released. Yeah. Um, but it's also like just a really, really sweet um, moment. It's probably some of like the best smut I've ever seen because it's mm-hmm. just because it's just so honest and tasteful. Um, it has nothing to do whether it's explicit or not. It's just like you're familiar with these characters and there's like real emotion in, that goes into it and real awkwardness mm-hmm. and awkward fumbling around or poking for boundaries to see what is and isn't okay. Like there's a lot of that cool stuff that's observed in the, the, the smut. And I was just like, you know what? That's really sweet. That's really nice. Yeah. Lonely Wolf Tree is great. It is free. You can play those games on itch.io. You just do a Google search for it, and you'll find them. Uh, they're very short games. They range from 20 to 40 minutes. I think the first one is actually maybe 10 minutes. Like, they're very short. They're very sweet. They get to the point really quickly. And then, like I said, there are the comics that you can buy later. Optional if you want. Uh, also, all handcrafted art and music yeah, by the like, same person. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It's all handcrafted from the ground up. Uh, it's really it, it just oozes love yeah it, it's it really got is its, like lonely wolf treat yeah it's it's got its own style that you know doesn't look like anything else that's going on out there and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a really really nice series put me in a good headspace i like it a lot yeah, i've started playing her other vns too and i'm already really having a nice time yeah I'm definitely going to be looking into her other vns because um, mm-hmm. she's doing a lot of other stuff too which yeah. is rad yeah 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 Cool. So that's my number seven, Lonely Wolf Treat. John, you got a user list for us. I sure do, and it's pulled up right now at the ready for me to read it. Number, um... <laughs> Not stalling at all while it opens. <laughs> um, this is Frank's list. Nice. Um, or Adamine. Adamine. As you know. Um, number three, Devotion. A game that combines the style set by PT with the narrative environmental depth of an OG Silent Hill. Red Candle Games' first 3D effort proved to be the most intelligent psychological horror game ever made. It is a com- horror as social commentary on universal themes that affect broken family units across cultures and left me with an emotional catharsis that had me shaken like no horror game has before. 
Red Candle Games are the new reigning champs of the interactive horror scene, and no matter if Devotion gets uncensored and released again or not, this is a studio that deserves our attention from here on out. Yeah, this seems like sort yeah. of culturally important stuff. Oh, yeah. So this... he's literally getting censored by global governments. Yeah. Where are the like, Gamer Boys at? Where, where are the Gamer Boys at? There's censorship going on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. like, if you told them now like, ch- that China censored a game on Steam, they probably would <laughs> yeah. get mad about it. Just because given of the, whole the Blizzard, Blizzard stuff bullshit. Mm-hmm. And China. But that's but, what it would take. Yeah. It fucking sucks that this never came back, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what is next for that studio. Mm-hmm. Also, I learned this year that OG stands for Original Gangster. Original Gangster. So, <laughs> so now I laugh every time I read it, because I've used it a bunch <laughs> without knowing that context. Oh, Sil- Silent Hill's an Original Gangster. Si- original Gangster, Silent Hill. Uh, John, you're the just... whitest person I know, and I love you. <laughs> Number two. This is a good pick. The House in Fata Morgana. Hey, I know that game. Every bit of unpleasant subject matter I expected to see happen in Fata Morgana was handled with a level of grace and humanity I've never seen so well balanced. Ultimately being an intense tale of vulnerability, abuse, trauma, betrayal, and discrimination, suffering the weight of layers of tragedy, and finding a way to come up again with your head above water. It's a story anyone currently sensitive to depressing emotional draining... Um, emotionally draining materi- media shouldn't partake in lightly, but beyond this deep pit of misery hid the greatest love story that's ever moved me and a strange sense of reaffirmation as a person. Mm. It's it's so much, and it's so good, y'all. <sighs> that, that that game's a lot. It's got a content warning list a mile long. But oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. boy. oh, boy. It ruins it. Um, number one this is one that I really want to dig into soon. Pathologic. Mm. Ice Pick Lodge's 2004 debut and its 2019 reimagining are time-sensitive open-world survival games set in a complex web of quest design in a small town with a text-heavy visual novel-like narrative structure meant to be seen from the perspectives of three healers trying to save the town from plague in 12 days. It's a stoic and intellectual game that uses discomfort, disempowerment, and reflection to enforce its themes of death and sacrifice, weaving a story about what connects and destroys a society. Artemy... Um, the Haru Specs was a character I related to on a deeply personal level, and his root per- re- represented spiritual philosophy that made sense to me, and Pathologic as a whole was a subtle introduction to Marxist philosophy while also featuring the most thoughtful use of meta-elements in its medium. Damn. Pathologic 1 had a cra- had to crab walk for Pathologic 2 to become my game of the decade. Oh, man. Wow. <sighs> yeah, that, that I really want to play Pathologic. I still don't know what it looks like because it's like this open world timer game thing, but also every screenshot I see is just like a wall of text. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is such a weird thing. I've looked. I, I've looked I'm it up. And it's just bizarre. Just like old. It I, it kind of occupies like the headspace in my brain of like giant old Russian novels. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like this is a brick of a game that I'm really excited <laughs> to dig into at some point. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, I think next we have uh, Rhett, with you, you you have a user list, right? Yep, this one comes in from Rainiac Hey Polly, Rhett, and John Greetings from Sunny Blackpool I had planned to record my list this year But I ran out of time, so my usual written summary Will have to do Honorable mention, Untitled Goose Game A game about being an asshole to people is great fun Who could have possibly guessed? (laughs) Number three Pokemon Sword and Shield I realized by putting a Pokemon game on my list that Polly is going to cancel me on the spot. <laughs> but while it's not perfect by any means, Sword and Shield are a much-needed return to form for the franchise. The censored 
the sense of discovery I got every time I entered a new area was wonderful. Number two, Tetris 99. Tetris meets Battle Royale. It shouldn't work, but somehow it does. Mm. The feeling of accomplishment when I finally achieved my first Tetris Maximus was unrivaled this year. Yeah, this is me speaking. When I first won a game, it was like unbelievably exciting and stressful and tense and you exciting. You literally it's... beat 99 other people at a video yeah. game. That's incredible. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real <laughs> chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah that's a real great. chicken dinner. <laughs> Just it goes so fast at the end, and the music changes. It's it's really really intense. I love intense. that the music changes and shit speeds up as people are yeah. knocked out. It's so good. Yeah, that game's real good. Uh, number one, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This is a real poly list here. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've played a fighting fighting slash party game with this much content. I would hope not. That's a lot of fucking content. Yeah, in that game, that game uh, packed. There really is something for everyone. Part of me wants Sakurai to stop adding characters to the game via DLC and take a well-deserved rest. Part of me is glad he won't. Dude I'm went wi- to work with an IV drip. That's not yeah, healthy. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was too far. I think yep. most people agree on that, unless they're monsters. But there was a story like, oh, he was working during the Game Awards. It's like, yeah, it was like Friday at noon in Japan. Of course he was working. Yeah, like that makes sense. <sighs> But people are like, oh, we should have gone, uh, you know. Anyways, last bit of this email. Uh, I'm aware there were probably better games that I left off my list, but since I neither played nor bought them, what can you do? <laughs> it's very relatable. Yeah, right? relatable. Big mood there. Mm-hmm. There's, oh, yeah. so, I feel like 2019 has, like, the most games that came out that I haven't even remotely thought about even buying yet. <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy how much stuff there's been this year. Mm-hmm. It's very dense. It's so dense. We should all play Disco Elysium. Yeah, I'm definitely. That is definitely on my. Gotta fucking play that list. That's the. That's like a new like old Fallout. school PC style RPG, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of old school Fallouty. I think. Yeah, I played. I'm playing one of those now and having a really good time. So I, cool. I'm like, all right, I want to. I'm gonna do it. 2020. Gonna get into strategy RPGs. Yeah. Gonna get into PC RPGs. Oh boy. <laughs> gonna happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> gonna happen. Okay, so John. You got us a number six. Number six, yep. last oh, your was... last one of the day, John. Make it count. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this was wobble wobbling back and forth with number seven, just like mm-hmm. for until like today. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. Uh, my number six is Wonder Song. Oh, yeah, I completely. It's perfect. It's just it has <laughs> a great little story, and it just does it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's a game that literally stars you. Yes, it literally <laughs> yeah. stars me. Yeah. So why is this only number six? If if number it's, six is perfect, five yeah. through one are gonna blow your fucking mind. Yeah, that's the thing, Rad. Is that my nut? Like, I I was th- I was looking at the list, just like, yeah, let's put it at number six, and that'll just be the perfect zone. <laughs> we just got the perfect zone for all the perfect games that John loves. Live. It's perfect, and then transcendent. So this is my this is my least favorite perfect game of the year. <laughs> oh gee, oh I was thinking the games above it are actually flawed in interesting ways. Or oh something. no, no, that was the wibble wobble. Was like Anodyne oh. too. Like it, I had like a little bit of issues, but it was a lot yeah. more challenging thematically mm-hmm. and a little bit more interesting. Really, Wander Song is this sort of hippy dippy. <laughs> um, let's all hold our hands and love each other, and uh-huh. the whole will be okay story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was why I was like wibble wobbling. But then also, that's my shit. I also love that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
it was it was sort of like, do I want to be challenging or do I want to just go with this thing that completely nailed what it was going for for me? And I really, it really just nailed it. Like this game is, it's not, it's not pure sugar. It is, it's it earns its big catharsis. I think. Yeah, it, it's uh, got yeah. it. It it's got like its own. It's got teeth. It it, yeah. does, it doesn't bite mm. you very hard, but it does have teeth. And it, I it, think the hero's resolution is is oh, absolutely it's its most biting. Yes, um, and I think that is what makes it a game that I can really just latch on to. Is like, yeah, this is something I I really really connect with, and this is all, so one through six is also the just the John sobbing. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That's the rest of my list as well. Oh, good. Ooh, high fives. <laughs> um, yeah, Polly, Polly, you got me to play this, and it completely moved me, and it was a really beautiful, good story. I was so um, worried going into John playing this game. I was like, man, if he hates this, I'm going to be the saddest person. Oh, but Aww. it's it's like the idealized version of John the game. It is. Like, that. that's honestly my thing that was, like, with Shovel Knight was, like, just not really connecting with the story like i still like really nice lovey-dovey stories like this like i think wander song is just it lands all the beats that it really want needed to for me yeah so even if it's like a very ultimately warm and maybe like sentimental message it's like that's still the kind of shit that really can connect with me in a deep way mm-hmm. like i this was this felt revelatory at the time like it was like i was <laughs> yeah. going through a little mini um like revelation about myself playing and then i like had to kind of dial that back afterwards like okay wait maybe maybe not quite that much happy but (laughs) so this made me think and it touched me in a very intense way so i think that i think that more than earns its spot in the in the perfect hierarchy in the perfect zone right i remember you tweeting like oh this game really snuck up on me huh which is definitely kind of what it does yeah Mm -hmm. Because it starts very simple and unassuming, and the graphics are hilarious. Yeah. They, <laughs> oh, it's it's so endearing, like, yeah, just right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Wandersong. And, and Miriam oh. is Witch of the Year, maybe. Oh, my God, I love Miriam so I love much. Miriam. She's, I love Miriam. <laughs> she's so good. Oh, my God. She's very funny. Just I love Miriam. I love the hero. I love a lot of these. And I love oh, the I boss. hate the hero. That's no, I love, I love the hero as a character. As yeah. A, as yeah. A writer. Like, uh-huh. obviously, she, obviously, she sucks. She sucks, she sucks, but it's so per... <laughs> like, they made... Like, they took a game where everybody is lovable, and it's like, okay, you convinced me you can also write a character I'm supposed to not like. Mm-hmm. And just completely nailed it. Like, yeah. this... It's just hitting all the notes yeah. that it needs to. Yeah. So hard. And then the de- the dev room was really cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This... Polly's, Polly's like, what's that? No, I, I got the dev room. Oh, okay. You... Yeah didn't at the time when i played it no no i went back and did it okay Mm -hmm. awesome yeah and this is funny because this is another game i played a game that this dev made in 2010 yeah yeah that's (laughs) wild i did yeah so i am just like i'm just on a string of just like dang y'all are like like it honestly a matter i think it matters less to me like whether or not you make a game that i like and more have you been making games for a long time Just like okay, yeah, you know what you're, you've gotten there. I, I appreciate that you're putting in the work. You stuck with really it. Cool. You stuck with it. You found your voice. Mm-hmm. That's that's deserving of of admiration. I think. I think that's very admirable. Anyone with that kind of anyone yeah. just doing that like over time, right? Like, sticking with their art that long, yeah. I think is admirable. I mean, 
literally practice makes perfect. You know, yeah, you're not absolutely. gonna. Not everyone is gonna Toby Fox their way into Undertale in their first game. No, no, that's. <laughs> and even then, Toby had done a lot of RPG Maker yeah. work. Yeah, he made a bunch of Homestuck music. He made he made a whole Earthbound hack. Mm-hmm. Like he made a whole game there. I don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. with that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's how you do it. I I, I really liked Wander Song. Rhett, what was your number six? So I've been doing a thing that I haven't mentioned so far is that I've been trying to listen to the soundtrack to almost every game on my list. <laughs> so Judgment, very good soundtrack. I the Somnium Files, very good soundtrack. Bayonetta one and two, I that's the one that broke me because for some reason the soundtrack to Bayonetta one by itself is five hours long. Yeah, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it's it's not There's especially like, exciting, either. and it's also not especially great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyways, uh. My number six is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm. And this is the game that, after a lot of listening and careful deliberation, is also my soundtrack of the year winner. It is, it's a good fucking soundtrack. The soundtrack is unfucking believable Yeah, it's real good. It's so good. It's like, it was... I should put this at, like, number three on my list because the music is so good. Like, I really... <laughs> this was the wobble at the end of, like... How high am I go- am I going to let this go? Because the- literally just because the music is so good, right? And I right. thought I thought that was maybe a little unfair to like completely boost it to to the top just <laughs> because of the music. I think that's extremely fair. Music counts for a lot. Yeah, music is extremely important to me. Like when you when we get to the games coming up on my list, you'll be like, oh, you listen to the soundtracks of all these. Of course, this makes sense. Yeah. Oh, Subnautica, I did not listen to the soundtrack to either, because I don't think there's music in it. <laughs> also, that was a late edition, so anyways. Right. And that's uh, why it's your number 10. Yeah. <laughs> music is extremely important. Not definitively, though. Anyways, mm. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is really good. Uh, I have some some small issues with the story, but I think it maybe bites off more than it can chew, but I think certain elements of that game are just so extremely well done like the music and just the characters and the everything like it is such a just a wonderful journey through this amazing world and all these locations and just you know that journey and the stringing it all together is really great for me mm-hmm. and i have another number six game what what <laughs> my number my other number six is xenoblade chronicles the first one okay that's fair yeah. I think I w- that, like, you've spent five years earning that. <laughs> I, honest to God, I was originally going to put them at separate numbers, and then I was like, oh, but Subnautica. So, <laughs> so, this, so this was the cheat. Whereas, like, eventually I got to the point where I was, couldn't even figure out which I was going to put higher. Right. And I was like, well, before I got Bayonetta 1 and 2 together, like, fuck it. Fuck it. Let's get crazy here. And, like, Xenoblade Chronicles isn't really a game I played this year right it's a game i finished this it's, year after it, working it, at it for five years still counts yeah but but xenoblade chronicles 2 like i think easily would stand in the spot by itself because that game is really good on its own mm-hmm. but it's just bolstered a little bit by the first one also being extremely good right like my issues with the first game are that the combat is a lot <laughs> there's yeah a lot there's systems <laughs> upon systems <laughs> Well, like, Xenoblade 2, I felt, was the more systems-heavy one, mm-hmm. where it's like, Xenoblade 1, I just don't understand the combat fully. It's, even it's so having weird. Even the game. But, like, there's things I really like in the first game much more, like, 
that overall last third of the story goes so fucking stupid hard. <laughs> it's, re- it's so dumb. Xenoblade, Xenoblade 2, or Xenoblade 1 goes the hardest I've ever seen a game go at the end. <laughs> and then the wild part is that Xenoblade 2 retroactively makes it not as crazy to me. Yeah. Which which was kind of funny. But, like, boy, the stuff they... that The whole world of that first game, like, the two giants, mm-hmm. is just so good and, well, like, well-construed and plot, thought out and, like, where that eventually goes. Mm. And, like, some of those extremely memorable final boss battles where, like, you're in the core of one of the machines as stuff is happening all over like this the fact that this was a wii game is so insane because the cutscenes are so fucking good yeah like they're and, like very well done there's there's such a charm to the like these low basically low poly characters being like immaculately rendered and voice acted and like with full voice sync animation that is just kind of lost in the second game where it's just like oh it just looks like a very good modern game you yeah, know yeah it's anime now yeah I know, and now they're making the first game look anime look, again. Well, yeah, they're basically putting the first game into the second game's engine, essentially, yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, so, like, I like both of these games for kind of slightly different reasons. Like, the combat in 2 feels better, but it's a little more weightless overall because it's just so many big numbers. Yeah. And just chaining together stuff where, like, the first game... The first game made me fear random encounters in the game. Oh, yeah, I remember in, in a, fucking... In a genre that <laughs> random encounters are just kind of usually weightless and just like, oh, whatever, just, you know, grind your levels up, whereas, like, anything in this game can kill you. Mm-hmm. And those those few final boss fights of just me just struggling for, like, an hour each <laughs> on a strategy, like... <coughs> there was a pushback to this game that I really appreciated. Like, mm-hmm. the struggle was really fun. Awesome. So uh, that's my number six, I think. Number six, or or it could be my number three. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. These, it's these a spiritual number me, three. <laughs> these next four for me, I was like, I could take any of them at number three. Like <laughs> they're all tied close. for number three. So you just like three yeah. one, three two, three three, three four. <laughs> oh man, that that was me and my that was me and mean we'll we'll get to it yeah. <laughs> oh, I, had parts where I was just like i don't know i don't know y'all i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know i was looking at this going like i like have to just stop looking at this like it sucks that this one is on the bottom but i look at the games coming up and i go i'm like oh they're all really good anyways polly what's your number six my number six and last of the day we're gonna keep on that rpg trend in fact we're gonna keep on to like hey this you know doing a Hey, another game in the same series kind of deal. My number six is Aono Kiseki, or uh, Trails of Azure, which is the second of the Crossbell games that are currently only available on the PSP via fan translation. I believe there is also a PC version that they've patched by now. But this is the second one. I skipped the first one. Well, I didn't really skip it. I just kind of... YouTube it. I YouTubed most of it. Um, because a lot of its events were spoiled in Cold Steel 1 and 2, whereas all the big stuff that happens, y- you get to see it happen in the second game, and it's way more interesting that way. So, the independent state of Crossbell is a huge, huge deal in the Trail series. Uh, and before you even dig into the Cold Steel games, like, especially now with Cold Steel 3 out and the second half of that series happening, Zero and Owl Knowledge or at least first a first-hand playthrough, they're vital at this point. Like, there's 
you have to. Even though, like, Cold Steel 3 has, like... It's got dossiers on all the important people. It's It's got a, a decent summary of Zero and Owl. I think at least this one needs to be played. And, um... So, like I said, I wasn't as excited with Zero due to already knowing the game's story. Um... Ow is much more impactful, and it's where all that quote-unquote good shit starts going down, along with having, like, just an incredible story in and of itself, and an ending that's positively, it's so, it's dizzyingly fucking good. Uh, the, the last, <laughs> wow. the, the last fourth of this game is dizzyingly fucking amazing. These are awesome. some strong number sixes we're bringing here. Yeah, like, we're <laughs> bringing the fucking heat uh, this year, I think. Um, this is honestly like one of my strongest lists ever. I think uh, the, nice. the, the most important. The, 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 like, so, so even though that ending is again dizzyingly fucking good, the most important moment of this game is for me is one of the, and one of the finest moment gamings I, moments in gaming I've probably had all year was this game going back and picking up a thread from the Sky series and paying it off mm-hmm. in the most emotionally mm-hmm. impactful and touching way imaginable. I think me and John already know what this is. It's like, it's like even if, <laughs> e- even if this game's ending wasn't as good as it was, I would still put this game here on that moment alone. God. It's that good. And I, like, can, just jump, I can just jump in, right? I, I don't need to wait for that <laughs> dumb PSP. I don't need to not wait for whatever they're doing, right? I can just play the PSP version I've got. Just do it, John. Just dive just right on play. in. So what is the status of these translations? I know one of them was, like, super close. One of them, I believe, the new, version. the new, like, they've either already released the new version of Zeros or they're very close, and they're, yeah. they're like, 30 to 50% with Owl. But I played uh, through so Owl, and I still got everything, so... You know it what? sounds like wait for zero maybe at this point because it's so close. Or yeah, like just, maybe go uh, ahead yeah, and wait for it, zero. It's been at a hundred percent since September. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I just need to play it. Maybe it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, especially if Owl is not going to be like if they, if they're basically the same translation. There, never mind. Yeah, it look, it, I'll figure it out. I got through Owl just fine. All of the important yeah. big things hit when they Land. needed to hit. Uh, like I said, again, I was so incredibly happy with how this game ended. It's it's so ridiculously good. So even if the translation is kind of fumbly, and at one point I was asked if I wanted to go to a jizz bar. Um, <laughs> That's actually a Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain went to, Red. <laughs> Very good. I, I don't watch Star Wars. Um, but yeah, um, Trails is good. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm pretty sure it is. And the sixth game, it's still real good. Like uh, that battle system, maybe starting oh, to feel maybe a little played out. I didn't have any problems getting through it though. It was fine. Felt good. So you played the PSP version? I played the PSP version. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a PC version I believe that you know has a lot of the bells and whistles of uh, you know like when you play the the, the PC versions of Sky, uh, I believe it's got some of that shit, but I just played the past uh, PSP version because that was the quickest one to find. Cool. So, yeah, Trails, still doing its thing. Imagine that. Mm. Still fucking loving the hell out of it. <laughs> so, I've got, I'll go ahead and move on to our next listener list. This one comes from Dances with Awoos, a.k.a. Hi, Heather. Heather 
our good pal, who has sent us uh, a letter, uh, I guess. It looks like a form letter of some sort. Uh, it is also uh, uh, a, a, a misunderstanding. Is This is a Games of the Decade list. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> she writes, Dear SoxCast, From my understanding, you are currently accepting submissions for a Games of the Decade list. Well, you should have listened closer. <laughs> Maybe maybe read the Aww. website just a little bit. <laughs> Swing and a miss, but we love you anyway. <laughs> In which you're accepting listener input for purpose of creating a list of our favorite games from the year 2010 to 2019. Well, I'm not sure why you're doing this, for as you know, the opinions of the Sox cast are the superior opinions, and the only opinions that matter in the grand scheme of things. Somebody finally fucking gets it. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> I shall submit to you my top three games of the decade for your consideration. As it's been quite a decade for me, I did not play a terribly large quantity of games. I qualify this list by stating that these are the games I play the most because I have the most fun with them. The remainder of the letter, the remainder of this letter constitutes my submission for the top three games. Number one, I think we're going to find a lot of people agreeing with this one. Dark Souls. Dark so Souls like is almost. Dark Souls is almost a puzzle game. There are routes, monsters, and bosses, and there's a million different ways to solve them. The game is almost infinitely replayable alone, but mods and online play a complete and incredible package. Number two, Kerbal Space Program. When I was stressed out, when I was a stressed out university student, there's nothing I liked more than turn on, turn my brain off for a while, for a little while, and do some rocket science. In terms of a game that I can simply sit down and have fun with, Kerbal Space Program ranks supreme that game is stupid fun to watch by the way it is it's yeah, so I'm good a couple of streams on it yep it's a lot yeah number three minecraft with uh hatsune miku's finest moment <laughs> yep uh polygon's game of the decade <laughs> yeah <laughs> with infinite possibility and no barrier to entry minecraft is a game i choose to play when i want to have fun with my friends that being said the mods and the diverse content already available there's ways for everyone to have fun with this platform of a game yeah it is more of a platform of a game yeah yeah it's, that's that's a great way of putting it thank you for your time and consideration with the compilation of the list always a fan heather may the 9th of december 2019 pretty solid the, the, putting the date there made it feel like really classy yeah i know right off. very official well i mean it's <laughs> my, very official this is literally stuff. look this is a pdf okay this is a pdf written up as a letter so this is this is a the classiest entry god damn i think Excellent. that we got so john i believe you've got one more listener list to round uh, out day one. Oh, uh, i've got the most powerful listener list imaginable all right let's go <laughs> um this is from our good pal narf um uh, the title of the list is Shmup Edition. That's <laughs> kind of letting you know how it starts. Number one, Reflex. Yo! Oh, yeah. By Cider Skein. The nature of shmups and that they, and what they tend to offer generally makes it hard to compress plot into them, with many classic, uh, with many classics hardly trying. Where they really shine, though, it, when they really shine, though, where shmups <laughs> really shine, though, is works that take advantage of their ability to be like movies, where feeling is expressed through movement and place. I think that even without the crazy lore, Reflex's greatest achievement is its knowledge of how to use itself as a dramatic and tragic action movie without sacrificing the aspects of intense gameplay and speed. I think it's a very well said. Bingo. I stumbled over a bit, but it was it was completely yeah. written well. I just my my voice broke. Um, number two, this is a niche pick, Mercenary Force. 
an intriguing example of how even well-tread genres can have space within them that hasn't been heavily investigated. Mercenary Force's money management, health, recruitment, and formation angles all create a fascinating work that works well on the Game Boy. The medieval Japanese trappings are also very cool. This is a Japanese, this is a shmup for the Game Boy that I'd never see anybody talk about except me and Narf. Did you stream um, yeah. it, or was that... No, you. I don't think you streamed this. No, I, I just dabbled in it and then quit because it was too hard, but it's it's very cool. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I was like, I've never heard of this, and then they said Game Boy, and I'm like, oh. Huh. Yeah, this is Japanese only. Is it Japanese only? Um, I don't think so. I think it was a, it had a uh, U.S. release. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it takes place in like a samurai world, in like a samurai setting. It's very cool. Deep fucking Number cut. three. Um, deeper cut now. Um, Expanse. Oh, hey, I know that game. <laughs> Disclaimer, I may or may not have provided the soundtrack for this game. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to include at least one game from this year, and while determining exactly what was a game released this year I'd actually played, I hit on this one. It's an adorable little game that provides a nice mix of a bunch of simpler themes. It was an awesome to watch it come to completion, and the dramatic final boss mode is an absolute classic. Stan Fire. Thank you. I'm the best at this. Video. I'm the best at this video game. You are the best at this video game. It's very fun to watch. I think this is my best paced action game. Yes, I think it just absolutely. Comes yeah. together. I think it just comes together very nicely. I really like Expanse. Um, all right, I think that's day one, y'all. I keep hearing Expanse. I do too. <laughs> Listen, if the creator of the game says Expanse, like very deliberately civil, civil I keep thinking like there's a cut off pair of blue jeans laying there, sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's our April Fool's game is where we make X pants. I just imagine I just imagine X X death from um his pants in Final Fantasy V. <laughs> the X pants. I have I have the, the game maker project for Expanse, so I could I could do some editing. Oh it'll, geez. it'll be fun. <laughs> yep. Alright, so before we close out, let us take a brief moment to each go over one last Please. time our number ten to <sighs> six. John, disappoint us. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my number 10, um, was You Are a Wizard by Heather Flowers. Uh, number nine was Luca the Descent by Me Less Than Three. My number eight was Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories by Square, <laughs> which I really, that that's really the great tragedy of all this is that I didn't get to give very much time to Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. That game you did rolls. it to yourself. I did that to myself. I really just screwed myself out of talking about how great Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories is. Um, Anodyne 2 Return to Dust by Analgesic Games and Wonder Song is my number six. Rhett! Uh, number 10, Subnautica. Number 9, Judgment. Number 8, I, the Somnium Files. Number 7, Bayonetta 1 and 2. Number 6, ba Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2. <laughs> nice. And my number 10... Toho, Luna Nights. My number nine is 428, Shibuya Scramble. My number eight is Blazing Chrome. My number seven is the Lonely Wolf Treat series. And number six is Ao no Kiseki, or Trails of Azure. So that will do it for day one of the SoxCast Game of the Year. Spectacular, but fear not. We will be back one day after tomorrow, because we're going to post these in staggering order to round out our lists. So thanks again for everybody for tuning in. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.